Nerd, it's a water moon. We got this off the grid while it was being built. It's all we have. It's in the Mustafar system. That's Vader's system. Is Vader there? We don't think so. Our intel shows he's still on his ship, but he's close. So that's it? Fortress Inquisitorius. It's impenetrable, Wade. How far down do you think it goes? Have no idea. It's their base of operation, so probably got a command center training facility. The truth is, nobody knows what it looks like in there. I don't see any shields. That's because no one would be stupid enough to attack them. We could take those speeders, go in at night. You have some T-47s in the hangar. It's suicide. Well, we need to find a way inside. Well, we're not soldiers. Those speeders are for hauling sewage. She's 10 years old. I won't leave her there. I'll go on my own. You can barely stand. You're not getting in there. I'll go with him. I have officer clearance. I can get you inside and I can get you access. Is your cover still intact? We'll find out soon enough. We're wasting time. Get my ship fueled and ready. A long time ago in theaters far, far away, four nerds got swept up by one of the greatest pop culture waves in cinema history. Now, as adults with a lifetime of fandom under their belts, they get together and discuss the mythology, characters, and business of creating Star Wars. Turn up your headphones, dial back your sensibilities, and join the wretched hive of scum and villainy as we take the low road to resistance. This is episode 24 of season 3 of Force Insensitive, a Star Wars podcast. And this week we're going to be talking about part 4 of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And uh, we have a few voice messages to get to later on in the show. Uh, But looking forward to chatting about this one. So, you know what? We should get set up for our attack run. This is Black and Blue Leader standing by. Millennial Falcon standing by. Green Sativa, I'm on painkillers. <laughs> and uh, we've been given the uh, edict not to make Rocky laugh. So this will be a very boring, unfun show. This has to be a serious, fucking sad episode. Okay. More well, sad than usual. <laughs> make it so. Picard, make it so. Um. <laughs> yeah, I tried to give you guys a Picard reference. Jesus. <laughs> Yell at Alberto for bringing that shit up, and you're doing it now. Well, I'm trying. You know, I'm trying to connect with Alberto. You know, I I know how to connect with him now. Talk uh, about Picard. He's like, what? <laughs> you guys are doing some weird dick talking thing. Um, the band. Rocking with dick talking. <laughs> yeah, rocking with dick talking. Don't make yourself laugh. I'm eating an edible, so I can't laugh at the moment. <laughs> it's physically impossible to laugh yeah. while you're eating an edible. Yeah, I, I would like to send out. I'd like to start this episode off with a PSA. So okay, two parter. Yep, lay it on us. I'm so happy that live entertainment's back because it's bringing me work again. But this brings back an age-old adage: if you're drunk and at a bar and you can't control yourself. Stay the fuck away from the stage. <laughs> <clears throat> because 
that is why I'm now another tooth down because some drunk fucking moron bumped into my boom mic and slapped me in the side of the face. So I am now missing another tooth. And because of that, it made me fucking take 48 hours off from enjoying my herbal refreshments. <clears throat> so that when I did last week, I had a coughing fit, which has now cracked my ribs. And I just want to say this all because of some drunk who couldn't control himself wandering up to the stage being a douche nozzle. So if you're out enjoying live entertainment, don't be a fucking douche nozzle. <laughs> well, just sue this fucking guy. <laughs> I don't think that fucker has enough worth suing for. <laughs> so there you go. If if you know if you go to a show, uh, don't walk up to the stage uh, drunk and don't knock microphones into uh, performers. Just stay the fuck away from performers. Enjoy us from a distance. <laughs> you should just uh, do a webcam show then. Oh wait, you do those. I did that for two fucking years, dude. <laughs> I know. And though it was enjoyable and I loved it and I appreciate everybody who supported it, I'm very happy to be back doing things. But Well, no one can bump into your boom mic when you do it from home. So, Oh, no. I had drunks here at my house, too. Oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, anyway, that's just my little PSA. I'm happy to be here, but let's not make me laugh. Okay. Got it. It's going to be a very serious episode. Very serious. So, well, we don't know if Mars is going to uh, show up. He is not feeling great. So Neither am I, but I'm here. I want it for the record that I'm a fucking trooper and he's a fucking puss. <laughs> I want it on the record. Well, I'm not going to say what he, what he can, he can say why he's not here. It's not my because he's to got say. genital herpes, and that's still no reason why he can't talk. <laughs> oh man! <clears throat> so yeah, we're gonna talk about part four of Obi Wan Kenobi, and uh, if there's time, we'll do a little bit of news at the end. But um, yeah, I don't know. Let's jump right into this fucking episode because uh, why not? Right? That's what we do. We talk about it. We talk about the episodes. That's what we do here. Um, but actually, before we do that, I will say that we've gotten, as I mentioned last week, we got um, you know, a nice little uptick in listens. So I know we have some new listeners out there. Hopefully, you guys are enjoying the show. Um, there's a few things, a few ways you can interact with us or um, follow us. We're on social media. Um, first and foremost, the Facebook group is 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 pretty active. So if you guys ever want to join that, you can go ahead and go to Facebook and it's facebook.com slash groups slash force insensitive, or you can just go ahead and, and do a search for force insensitive. We have a page and a group. Just make sure you're clicking on the group and then ask to join. It's, it's private. So um, we do that so you guys can say whatever you want and it's not going to show up on your, uh, on your feed for other people to see. Um, We've had that issue before, so we decided to make it private. Um, that way people can talk all the shit they want about anything they want. So you can see all the ugnot penis you like. Um, what? Ugnot penis. Yeah, is that something you regularly watch? Yeah, you see it comes across the feed. The Facebook page is a very interesting place to be. There's a lot of great memes this week. This, the Obi-Wan has generated some really great meme fodder the last couple of weeks. 
<laughs> yeah, it has. Although I, you know me, I'm fucking sick of uh, fuck you, Owen. Thankfully, we didn't have any Owen this week, so we didn't have any. Dude, news. I did. I did my last one fucking a week ago. I told you I was done. I know you I've did. Moved on to better. I've moved on to better things. It's all been fucking uh, baby Leia memes this week. Still don't believe you. It's not baby Leia. It's I have not. It's little Leia. Whatever. She ain't a baby. Okay. Oh, you did post a uh, photo of Carrie Fisher as a as a young girl holding a bird named Lola. Isn't it kind of weird how much she kind of cool. looks like she kind of looks like uh, the actress playing young Leia? Like I saw a side by side of them, and it's not too far off, right? The same age. Um, I actually, I guess I didn't, I wasn't looking for that, so I guess I didn't realize. I just saw the bird named Lola, and I thought that was cool. Well, the Lola one was great, but yeah, there's somebody did a side by side of the uh, what is the actress's name who's playing young Leia? Uh, uh, Vivian Lyra Blair, I believe. Yeah, she's uh, there's a side by side floating around. I'll try to find it and send it to you. And it's it's actually kind of uncanny how much they look like at that same age. Um, just double checking. I think that's. Well, she doesn't have top billing on the. Uh, maybe they're, maybe they're keeping it secret for people who haven't seen. Um, oh, what is this? Is okay. This is something con- completely different. What the fuck is this? Yeah, Jamie Costa is Obi Wan Kenobi. What? <laughs> um, apparently, this is like a fan film or something that is listed on IMDb. I'm not sure why that got. That was the top choice that came up when I searched, but there you go. I think if you go to our Facebook page, I think somebody posted it's that. It's Vivian Lyra Blair is her name, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, she's still stealing fucking scenes, that kid, man. She's fucking <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah. So there, yeah, so we got the Facebook group. Uh, we also are not as active on Twitter and Instagram, but we have them, uh, Force Insensitive on Instagram and force N sensitive because of the character count on Twitter. And if you guys ever want to send a missive, whether it's a voice message or an email, you can send it to force insensitive at gmail.com. And uh, you can go ahead and leave a voice message uh, right there on your phone, on your smartphone. Or if you guys don't have the ability to do that and you want to leave it from somewhere else or from a tablet or something like that, uh, you can go ahead to speakpipe.com slash force insensitive. And right there, all you gotta do is click start recording and you can record a voice message from there and it'll, it'll automatically send it to our email. So you got a few ways. We have a couple voice messages later on that we're going to play. And, uh, yeah, feel free to follow us on social media, especially the Facebook group. If you guys are on Facebook, that's probably the most active. Uh, people posting dank memes and uh, fun links and all that sorts of shit. Are you still using the term dank memes? <laughs> no, that's why Alberto, I did. Alberto, isn't this where Mars isn't here? Fucking jump on him for being fucking elderly. I was being ironic. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you're the one that's like half broken, so... <laughs> I'm not denying my decrepitness, so I don't pretend that I'm not fucking elderly. Uh, I do want to make mention of the bird. Yeah. I have seen nothing that indicates that that story's true. So, 
Um, is it on Snopes? <laughs> no, but there, I the um, I can't find where it was like originally posted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, like, I found it through Mark Hamill's thing, so that's the reason I reposted it because it came from Mark Hamill's feed. Believe everything um, you read from Mark Hamill. Well, I figure if anybody fucking knows, <laughs> it's true. I I would believe him. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying it's untrue. I just haven't seen anything where it's like. I thought it was adorable and it brought me joy, so I posted it up there because there's such little joy in the world right now. Yeah, well, I can make up whatever I want, and it could bring me joy. <laughs> Nothing brings you joy. You always sound so angry. Whose fault's that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Life? Uh, probably yours. Yeah. So, I don't know. Is Do you guys know? Do if... I make you angry? If I make you angry, I'm sorry. But I will admit, if I do make you angry, it's kind of funny. <laughs> so there's an account called Star Wars Always uh, on Facebook, and it looks like they posted it. I don't know how legit they are. They have over a million followers, so I imagine. That means it's not legit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, they posted it as well. That's the first thing that popped up for me when I did a search. So, um. Who knows? We don't know if it's actually legit or not, but that's pretty cool if it is. Yeah. If it is, great. If not, it was still heartwarming when I saw it. You could use all the heartwarming you can get. Yeah. No, because at this rate, if my heart was warm, I would think I have a medical condition. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What else we got here? So I think that's it for the sort of preamble here. Uh, do you want to jump into the episode? But yeah, if you guys, uh, we love hearing from first timers as well. So if you guys have, uh, you know, have never called in and, and want to, we would love to hear from you. So i uh, love to get some different opinions and some different viewpoints on, uh, on the show. Obi-Wan, that is not ours. <laughs> and also, actually, I haven't mentioned this in a while, but... If you guys do enjoy what you're hearing, you can go ahead and leave us a five-star review. Um, Especially on Apple Podcasts, they do five stars. I think some of the others do thumbs up or thumbs down or whatever. Um, But wherever you listen to us, if you do enjoy what we do, um, we'd appreciate if you gave us a review. And, you know, if you could leave a few words, that would also help because um, as most of you guys know, there are a literal fuck ton of star Wars podcasts out there. So it can be difficult to get through all the static. Um, there's a lot of good Star Wars podcasts as well, but, um, I think we are probably the most lewd star Wars podcast. Is that fair to say? You can definitely, when you type a few words, it can just be fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you for a fucking paragraph. And that works. Uh, maybe we're the most explicit. How about that? Most explicit Star Wars podcast in the world. We are definitely the podcast that'll make you rethink your fandom. <laughs> uh, so I I found that photo. Oh, okay. Oh, did you? Cool. Yeah, I can't so it it's a um, it's an actual photo uh, from Debbie Reynolds' estate. I found the auction for it. Oh, the uh, on the 
Okay. Yeah, on Sorry. the back of it says Benny Carl, our our quote unquote wild bird. Carrie raised it in Palm Springs. She found uh uh it's in cursive. I can't read cursive. Uh she <laughs> uh she fed him it says something about like feeding him and then uh, just a little story about him, but the bird's name is Benny Carl, so sorry. Ah, oh, that's a bummer. Womp, womp. Well, still, it was a picture of her with a bird, so that part was real. Yes, she did have a bird. She gave the bird a lot, too. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> that is true. That That is absolutely true. <laughs> I miss Carrie. All right, so let's jump into Obi-Wan Kenobi Part 4. And uh, let me pull up the info here. Uh, Part 4, once again, uh, directed by Deborah Chow and was written by Joby Harold and Hannah Friedman and originally aired the day of this recording, which is June 8th, 2022. Having escaped Vader... Obi-Wan and and Tala infiltrate the Inquisitor's stronghold on the ocean moon of Nur in the Mustafar system to rescue Leia, now being interrogated by Reva for details about the path. During the infiltration, Obi-Wan discovers a vault full of preserved Jedi that the Empire had captured and killed. While they are successful in freeing Leia, uh, Tala's cover is exposed and their presence is revealed. They eventually escape with the help of Roken and his guerrilla troops, though one troop is killed. Vader, angry at their escape, threatens to kill Reva, but spares her when she reveals she attached a tracker to them. Back on the ship, the tracker is revealed to be placed in Leia's companion droid, Lola. So in this one, we do have some new characters. Uh, let's get the... Let's pull up the character page here. So... Uh, in this one, we finally had the debuts of a few characters we were kind of uh, wondering about. Uh, and one of those is O'Shea Jackson Jr., uh, who plays uh, Roken, who was seemed like he was uh, kind of in charge of the path, or at least on that one planet that they were on. He was sort of like maybe like the head, um, I don't know what, what title you'd give him, but like kind of coordinator or something like that. Yeah, I think he was the coordinator shuffling people to the next locations and getting supplies through. I'm going to pull him up and see if I can get some more information on on his character. Uh, also, we had uh, Maya Erskine as Sully. I was c- kind of curious who Maya Erskine was going to play in this. Um, so she plays one of the uh, speeder pilots. And... Also, uh, the other speeder pilot was uh, played by Ryder McLaughlin, who was Wade. And we also have Joss Glennie Smith as the Fortress Inquisitor security guard, the one who was questioning... (laughs) That douche. (laughs) Yeah, he was questioning uh, Tala's uh, credentials. I can't wait till we get there, because that little fucking... That little fucking interaction was... I liked how smoothly that dialogue flipped. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. I mean, there's there's a bunch of uh, we have a bunch of other you know sort of like inquisitorious types, uh, fortress inquisitorious, but um, I'm not going to name all them because there's you know some some kind of quick quick cameos and, and such. But um, 
you know, and then we have like the rest of the the regulars. Obviously, Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan, Indira Varma as Tal, uh, Tala. Uh, we also have Vivian Lyra Blair as Leia, Moses Ingram as Reva, and Sun Kang as the fifth brother, Raya Kilstead as the fourth sister, and Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader, or at least the helmetless Darth Vader, and uh, James Earl Jones as the voice of Darth Vader. All right, so let's do some... I guess we'll do some uh, first first sort of impressions. I actually didn't watch this one until a little bit later. I, I went to bed early last night, so I'll probably watch it like maybe 8.30 a.m. But uh, did anyone stay up and watch it? No? I couldn't, dude. I was so fucking worn <laughs> out from the day before. I, I, I crashed hard. I didn't get to watch it till about 10.30, 11 o'clock this morning. How about you, Alberto? He watched it at some point. He's watching it now. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, shut up. <laughs> so I guess I'll go first then. Um, so, yeah, okay, so I watched. I didn't really know what to expect in this. I mean, I guess that's kind of like a common thread. I, you know, each episode, I don't really know what to expect when they begin. Um, the show has, you know, kind of like kept us on our toes for the most part, especially after what happened last episode with the showdown between Vader and Obi-Wan. And we were left kind of hanging with, you know, this thread of, of Leia um, seemingly about to be captured by Reva and then Obi-Wan being burned, you know, so it was kind of difficult to know where it was going to go from there. But as we found out, Obi-Wan did get burned pretty pretty bad, uh, maybe a little bit worse than, than we had first thought. And so we see like a little bit of a montage. It starts off uh, with him on um, Tala's uh, ship. Um, but, you know, and then we get a little bit of a flashback. But um, I don't want to break down the plot. I'm trying to give my take, so let me, let me take a step back and... I did enjoy a lot of the stuff that we saw in this, and I feel that the last of the stuff that we saw in the trailer probably was in this, because for the most part, it was the first two episodes. Um, like, the most of the trailer, the stuff from the trailers was from the first two episodes, but there's a couple things from this episode when they're in Fortress Inquisitorius, um, when they're kind of meeting, I think it was from this one. And but other than that, I think we've now covered all the stuff in the trailer. So I truly don't know where it's going to go. But after that showdown, I know we weren't like we're not going to get another showdown between Vader and Obi Wan until the last episode. I mean, it just doesn't make sense to do it before then. So I wasn't quite sure where they were going to go with this. But I actually liked. We got a lot of uh, I don't know, like we got a lot of intrigue in this one because. We just all of a sudden went to Fortress Inquisitorius and uh, we got to see there's a lot of like kind of reveals in this that we're going to have to, you know, jump into and, and get, you know, like kind of break down. But um, overall, I mean, I, I dug the episode and I really like some of the characters, especially Tala, like was was a super strong character. And I liked um, her arc in this and where she's gone like in, in a short this time. This has been her. This has been her strongest acting performance in the show thus far. I mean, it's been gradually getting a lot better since the first two episodes, like leaps and bounds. Her her 
delivery of her dialogue has got Wait, better. This this I'm, episode was her strongest by far. It was awesome. Well, I'm talking about Tala, but oh, Tala, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about Revit. Sorry, I got it confused. But Tala, I immediately loved that character since she showed up, and she has been. I would say that next to Vivian, she has delivered the strongest performance since she's been in the show too. Her character is is a presence when it's there. Yeah. It's like, you know, she is just a peripheral someone who, you know, an infiltrator, a spy, if you will, you know, thing, but she's she's she's, she's there and present in every scene she's in and she's fucking She's good. So, yeah. Sorry, I had Reva and Tala confused. Right. Tala's been strong since the start. Yeah, I fucking dig her character immensely. These, yeah, these four-letter names with A's at the end. <laughs> exactly. Honestly, they probably should have. I mean, I mean, it's not it's not that easy to get confused, but I, they probably should have thought about that and had uh, had changed one of their names or something. But It's science fiction. <laughs> but um, with Tala, I, I thought her arc in this episode was real strong because... You know, really last good. one we get, you know, we get where she kind of, you know, reveals herself as a as a traitor to the empire, uh, but in this one she, you know, like I, I don't know what it is I like I don't know if she would have been this reckless if it not that she was reckless, but I guess what I mean is like, you know, she gave put up her, ass her on the line. yeah she put her ass on the yeah. line and she gave up her cover basically she knew yeah, that exactly. this was going to be it, and to be fair. The, the the conversation later on when we get there that 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 moment with her and Reva was really good between the two of them like that scene was really strong with those two characters yeah I agree I think that there was some really good stuff there and so yeah I mean we'll we'll, we'll get into some more detail but I thought it was a yeah. strong episode a lot of really good stuff uh, I want to talk about some of the obi-wan stuff with the saber um which was oh really I cool. can't wait to get there yeah, yeah. So, I, I, know, I I was I I walked back that up a lot. So I've got a lot of things <laughs> to say about the way this coordinator worked that. So I can't wait to get there. The last thing I guess I'll say is there's actually a lot in this that mirrored um, um, Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Um, there is a a pretty decent amount in here that they kind of like. I'm not gonna say t- yeah like kind of mirrored i'm not gonna say took but they mirrored some stuff now i know you guys haven't completed the game are you okay with me saying a few things about i read about it so i'm fine okay it it doesn't it's not gonna spoil the ending or anything like that but um alberto are you cool with that okay maybe he's he's just gone for good (laughs) 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 <laughs> there we go. All right. Oh, don't make me laugh. Um, <sighs> so, I mean, yeah, we'll get into that a little bit later when we get there. But, um, but yeah, I, I think that this was a strong episode, and I have another thing I want to talk about. But I'll let you, I'll let you go, Rock, and, and give your sort of impression. Um, I'm just going to quickly say that I agree with you that as it comes from the fluidity of episodes so far, this is one of the most fluid paced episodes so far i mean i understand that this is more of a movie broken into six parts so it is going to have some abrupt stops at some point but uh this one this 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 episode flowed really well for me i i I really enjoyed the pacing really enjoyed the gravity that was set i really enjoyed 
you know, the, um, I mean, not, not that the rest of it hasn't had sort of, uh, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, an urgency to it. Um, but there was an urgency to this episode from the get go that was a little more omnipresent than has thoroughly been in the past. I mean, there was some urgency in the past episodes too, don't get me wrong, but this one had it out the gate and it really kept it the whole way through. So just as an episode of first impression, I liked how this one flowed a lot. I liked everything that was in it a lot. Uh, the visual texture of it. I loved, especially the underwater sequences and, and, and inquisitorious. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, There was something just about the colors chosen. Um, I can't wait till we get to talking more about the Obi-Wan, um, combat situations but the one thing i did love once again is the same reason that i think you and i and everybody enjoyed the 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 chamber sequence in um the last jedi is the same way i felt about the torture sequence with leia when fucking obi-wan dropped the lights that fucking contrast of lighting and darkness was in somebody and somebody on our Facebook feed was talking about this in the last episode when Vader versus Obi-Wan, how just the tone and texture and lighting of the scene was great. This was epic. It was like the absence of things made the things that were present pop even more. So yeah. when those lights went out, it was just beautifully shot. I loved it. So anyway, that's long and short of it. I love the flow. I love the visual aesthetic to it. And then as we get deeper into it, I loved some of the performances um, and loved some of the combat sequences. So, yeah, this was I would say that this is probably an easy number two of my favorite episodes so far. You, a number two? Yes. <laughs> Don't make me laugh. Fuck. Yes, it is. Yeah, I'm wearing my girdle now. So we're good. Um, and your diaper. <laughs> no, no, I don't need that yet. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was definitely, I enjoyed this episode a lot. Cool. Well, I don't know if some came out for Alberto, but he's not here. So we'll, uh, either get his thoughts later or not at all. Um, I'm, I'm willing, I'm willing to bet you about 50 flan right about now that he probably had a fucking, uh, computer reboot like happened the last time. Oh, or maybe his, uh, his girlfriend brought him some Wendy's or something. <laughs> There you go. He's face down in some frosties and fries. Yeah. Oh God, he's not dipping. I can guarantee that. Don't knock it till you try it, son. You're the only person that dips fries into frosties. I am not the only one. Prove it. <laughs> I, I know. I know. Fucking lots of people. <laughs> All right. So I guess well since Alberto ditched us, um, the thing I was going to mention, and and I can't take credit for this. I just want to, you know, make that clear. I can't take credit for this. I heard somebody else mention this. I watched a few kind of um, uh, review videos and read some stuff about the episode. I always like to do that afterwards to see if there's something I missed before I rewatch it again so that when I rewatch it, I can say, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, you know, this thing I missed or whatever. So, um, but one of the things, I don't remember who said this. I think it was actually... um, one of the reaction or review videos I watched was saying they saw somebody on Twitter say this, but um, 
so if you look at all the we the you know we've had four parts so far if you look at all four parts each part mirrors like sort of the tone and feel of each of the films so for instance this was the a new hope um one you know think about obi-wan on the death star you know like this he was yeah, on- i did get that because he did a lot of things on inquisitorius that he did on the death star like the fucking making the knocking making the noise sound right, yep. yeah, a lot of things he did near a new hope yeah yeah so and you know and, and not just in actions but in kind of like tone of the story so in the first really shocked he didn't put the stormtrooper armor on like i was yeah, kinda, i know i know i actually for that to happen i was too honestly <laughs> Um, maybe it's beneath him or something, but, um, but if you think about it, part one took place mostly on Tatooine, which, you know, a lot of episode one, uh, took place on, on Tatooine. And there was a lot of sort of like, you know, he's watching Luke at the time and, you know, like, and then we have in episode one, we have Anakin, a young Anakin, you know? So, um, then in episode two, there's like, um, a little bit more, you know, because I'm trying to remember now what that connection was to two. Uh, two was when they were on Dayu, and um, so Dayu was kind of like the um, Coruscant, Coruscant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, there's, and it's not like a you know a complete one to one, you know, ratio here. It's just no, but it's a tone. Yeah, a tone exactly. That's probably the best way to say it. And then if you look at at part three, the one we had um, last week, uh, we obviously had a showdown between Obi Wan and, and Anakin in in uh, Revenge of the Sith, and then we got that in this, you know. So it mirrors some of the beats, and in this one, obviously, as mentioned, they're infiltrating the Fortress Inquisitorius, which, you know, in A New Hope, uh, we have them infiltrating the Death Star. So, um, and then even to the point where the two speeders show up at the end to kind of save the day. You know. <laughs> I can't wait to get to that. that <laughs> there, was, there was so much joy seeing those T-47s again. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. So there's, you know, there was, um, it was a few things that I feel like they're kind of tying them together a little bit in theme. And, uh, I think that's interesting that, that if, if that is a concerted effort, like, um, you know, it's kind of interesting that they're doing that. Well, I mean, that has been sort of, you know, whether Lucas said it tongue in cheek or not, when he said it, that has been sort of a focus for how it's like poetry it rhymes. Works. Exactly. <laughs> and a lot of people have taken that to heart, especially the ones who are trying to stay true to the vision, you know, yeah. which for everybody. And, and I would like to, put this out there too because i see a lot of people you know once again you can't get away from fucking edgy douche nozzles who fucking think this is so fucking this is stupid yes but if you you know we all romanticize the versions we saw as kids because we see them in a different light in our brains because we saw them as kids there's a lot of super cheesy shit that happened in the original trilogy too and even a lot of shit that doesn't make sense but it's goddamn space opera. You're not supposed to fucking, you know, you're supposed to shut a corner of your brain off and immerse yourself in the fantasy of it all. And if you get too bogged down in the minutia of it, <clears throat> you're always going to find problems. I found problems with this. I found problems with Mando. I found problems with lots of things. 
but if it's not so glaring that it fucking completely makes me not enjoy it, then there's no problem with it. So yes, are there some cheesy points? Yes, but it's fucking science fiction. For and, fuck's sake, man. And honestly, I don't even really think there's that many like cheesy points. Like, I, it's just a, you know, this one may not have as many plot points as some of the other um, live action shows that we've gotten. Like, especially, I mean, look at Book of Boba. I mean, it, it you know, we saw two, it focused on like two main characters and, and what I mean is, like, I'm talking about, like, the Mando episodes. Like, it completely shifted focus, you know. And there was also some, you know, we had different kind of side uh, stories with, um, uh, you know, with the past and the present and stuff like that. So, yeah, you know, like, there was a lot more story threats going on there. And then even on, um, like, Mando, I mean, there's there's definitely more going on there, too. So I feel like this is more straightforward. It's, it's, it's very much Obi-Wan's story. And yeah, the, it's a short tale of what happens to this little point in time. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's a little fucking microcosm of a moment that happened that they're telling a story in. And if you can't fucking just enjoy it <clears throat> for what it is, I mean, there's lots of things I don't like, but I will never fucking call people stupid for liking what they like. I, like, I hate the Fast and the Furious franchise. I fucking hate it. But I love car movies. <laughs> so, it's like, I lo- I like the first two, but after that I was done with it. But I do love car movies. I was talking to a friend of mine today where it's like, <clears throat> I do love Bullet. I do love, you know, both versions of Gone in 60 Seconds. I love car movies. My dad was a mechanic. I love car movies and good car chases. I love a good car chase, but I don't like that franchise. However, I don't call people who fucking like that franchise stupid or anything like that. It's what they fucking like. If you don't like something, turn the channel. It's not for you then. Yeah, that's exactly. And and I, I saw, it's funny, I saw, so I was talking with a coworker um about this and he he had said he's like he's like i don't know man he's like i don't i just you know it seems like like fan like like a fan film and i was like what i'm like this this it it's more cinematic looking than the prequels it, it, you know like it, i guess what i, I mean is it, it looks not the original creator making a movie that you love from a franchise you love, it's always going to feel like a fan film because people are pr- trying to pay homage to the fucking films they loved. That's and, what it is. And I get you, but I, I actually completely disagree. This feels like it's a Star Wars thing, you know, like, and the, the production budget is there. The acting is there. Like, I don't know, yeah. like it, it, a fan film to me is, and this is no, nothing, no, not to disparage fan films. Cause I was going to say, I've seen some great fan yeah, films. I have too, but there's, <laughs> you can, fucking, there's been some great Star Wars fan films. Yeah, and you can usually tell when when there is one or not, you know. Uh, so that's I don't know. Like I just thought that that was kind of crazy, but um, yeah. But that's I mean that's it's neither here nor there. That's that's someone's opinion, and and that's fine. But and um, everybody has an opinion, and that's great. My my only problem lies <laughs> is if you have an opinion, that's great. You can say it's not my cup of tea and move on. For you to call people who like it stupid, yeah. <laughs> That's that's where I that's where that's where I draw a line. It's like there's I mean like even take music. There's lots of types of music I don't like, but there's lots of people within the genres that I can respect because there's talented ones and there's ones who are not so much, mm-hmm. you know. <clears throat> but to each their fucking own, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not gonna call you stupid 
because you like it, I'm going to disagree with you that it's good, maybe. But I'm not going to call you stupid for liking it because everybody's got their own fucking jive, man. And it's this is my only problem I have with it. As long as you're not disparaging people who do dig it and we can just agree to disagree on the fact that we liked it or not. I'll take that back, except for people who like Michael Bay movies. You guys are stupid. But (laughs) fucking other than that. (laughs) But you know what I'm saying. But to an extent, I can see what your buddy at work is saying. You know, because I feel that way even with Mando. But I feel that fan film is people paying homage to the thing they love. And they're putting their heart and their soul into trying to create something within the universe that they love. And I have seen some I've seen some fan films that are better than a lot of the fucking films themselves. I've seen some fan films that are easily better than some of the, you know, sequel and prequel stuff. <clears throat> so but that being said, you know, you're getting people who are fans of this material who have the budget, who have the know how and have the backing and talent of actors and whatnot and production people to make these things. So technically it is a fan film. You know, what Filoni is making is fan film. He grew up as a fan of this franchise. He just happens to now be in a position where he's overseeing it. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, this doesn't need to be anything longer than it already has been, but like, I think the connotation is that a fan film is a bunch of like nobodies with no budget making something, you know, making like fan fiction, you know? So, I think Which that's what the connotation is. I yeah. get what you're saying, um, you know, and, and yes, it, it is in that sense, it is that. But I think that when people think fan film, the connotation is that um, it's low budget, it's hack, you know, kind of hacked and not done, you know, very well. So um, anyway, yeah, it, it's it's not that. I mean, it's a huge studio doing it. So, yeah. we are, and we are living in the universe where this shit is canon. And uh you know, anybody who is unhappy with it obviously does not realize that when you saw the originals or the prequels or whatever, those were incredibly insipidly fucking cheesy and flawed as well. We just look at it through the fucking rose-colored glasses of our youth, you know, at the time that we saw them. Mm-hmm. And you you expect everything to live up to your expectation of what you think it is in your head. And nothing's ever going to be what's in your head, but you got to take the stories that are coming and learn to enjoy them for what they are. And if you can't find the, especially in this Obi-Wan series, like as you and I have discussed, Obi-Wan is arguably one of our favorite characters of Star Wars. He's, he's definitely my favorite Jedi. So this for me is huge just to know a little bit more about this character that I love and they're delivering and what I was hoping for, they had a good little tight story that they're trying to explain that makes a lot of sense in a lot of ways. There are a few things that, you know, are kind of like, how does this work, you know, with what, what other dialogues? Welcome back. <laughs> but overall, I'm getting what I expected to see. Some things are exceeding expectations. Some things are kind of, you yeah. know, I wish to be a little different. But again, I'm not asked to make this fucking show so i'm enjoying what i'm getting and what i will say too is um this this to me it um it feels so i'm trying to say this the right way it it feels 
smaller than than Star Wars films. Um, but it is, I mean, but it is a show, so it should because they're telling um, more long form storytelling where they can take their time. And it's a singular focus too. Yes, yeah. it's, it's not it's, something. It's not the movies are all about a galactic, a fucking galaxy wide problem, whereas this is literally a single focused, tight knit problem that is not really affecting anything more than these central characters. Right, exactly. And that's and you're right about that. Like if you think about um, you know, even I don't know, any and literally any Star Wars movie, there are at least th- two, three, four, sometimes five main kind of story threads that that they're yes, following the that all culminate into the sort of like final showdown, you know. Right. So, yes, this is very singular focus and I actually did see someone sort of like call that out as a negative that they were you know oh wishing that there was more going on we're just following this one story but it's the name of the show is you know i get it obi-wan kenobi yeah it's obi-wan kenobi i get it book of boba fett didn't exactly do that so maybe they set expectations um but you know that's just the way it's going and uh honestly the further along we get i think the less i want them to have like a big name show up like like an Ahsoka or you know like someone like that. I feel like if anything, it might detract a little bit from what's yeah. going on. I was about to say with this episode, especially, they have given enough gravity to the characters we have in play now that they don't really need that. Like, yep. like I was it would saying, take away that, a little bit. Exactly, because Tal- Tala, I keep wanting to call her Talia because of my Batman roots, but fucking um, <laughs> yeah. Tala, she has been strong for the two episodes we had her in, but she really established in this episode. And like I said, Reva, um, you know, I was having some issues with not really her performance, but dialogue, as I said, in the first two episodes. But where she started to where she is in this episode, this episode is the strongest Reva episode so far. I mean, her character's been a good story plot, and I want to see where her character goes, but this has been her best fucking performance in the mix so far and now i am like super engaged where this is going because like i said her her scene with tala her scene with fucking leia was fucking great her scene with vader later was fucking great like she really fucking rose high in this episode and so yeah i agree with you they're bringing other people i do want to i do Part of me still wants to see Quinlan Voss really bad, but fucking um, we, uh, but I we might have seen him in this one. We'll talk about that later, I guess. <laughs> okay. Um, what was he one of the amber related ones? There was someone who looked an awful lot like him. Um, but um, yeah, the uh, the um, I don't like you said. I think they've built enough tension with the characters we have in play right now. Where if they don't give, even though Miss Chow has actually said that there are more things coming, so we we will be getting some. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm fine with it if we didn't for these last two episodes because I think all the pieces that we have on the chessboard right now are intriguing enough that I want to see what happens to Tala. I want to see where fucking Reva's fucking fruition comes. I want to see where things end up with how Obi Wan's going to. Get her back to bail without drawing 
you know, the Empire to fucking Alderaan early. You know, I fucking there's a lot of things in play now that I'm fine with just seeing how all these parts play out by the end. So I'm with you. I don't really need a big cameo, but if it happens, fine. But I don't need it right now to still be satisfied with yeah. everything we got working. Yeah, I agree. Welcome back. Oprah. I hope you agree because you said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I agree. Alberto. Alberto. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> oh, don't make me laugh. <laughs> you, you weren't answering and then you disappeared. <laughs> I know. <laughs> making sure you're there. Hi, buddy. Missed you. I'm usually not here, so. I know. <laughs> Did, oh, we, we, we placed a bet. Did your fucking computer reboot on you? No, I just left. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, okay. Be honest, I guess. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I lost that bet. I owe you fifty flan. <laughs> um. So we start talking a little bit more about the episode, Alberta. But do you do you might you want to give your initial impression after watching it? Fucking filler. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking filler. Okay. It was cool, wow. but it was like six episodes. We got to waste one on like a remake of two episodes of Mandalorian. Like what? How many times did they have to save baby Yoda and Mandalorian? There was an entire episode called the rescue. Mm -hmm. This one, I mean, the only, what I thought of was just a new hope. It was, you know, it was like reminiscent of a new hope with him infiltrating a Imperial yeah, base. It, it, yeah, that's what they're calling back to. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. It was just in a six episode potentially series, you know, we don't know if there's gonna be a season two yet. Um it just felt like uh, a little unnecessary. I don't know. All right. Um but I mean it was cool seeing like it was cool seeing all the stuff in it. It was cool seeing the the inquisitorious base um you know i and i think the whole point of the episode was just kind of show um uh obi-wan getting his mojo back yeah so to speak um how obi-wan got his groove back yeah but uh, but otherwise you know it was it was a pretty short episode too yeah it's the shortest so far yes yeah, 35 minutes um and I don't know. It, I just feel like you probably could have cut this one out and mm, it would have mattered so, that much. Me, especially yeah. especially since the ending of the last episode was so like, oh, holy shit. Well, that's kind of, I think you needed a bit of a respite, you know, but I feel like they kind of, they did enough to ramp this up where, it, you know, the stakes were kind of raised. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree with you that, um, you know, after that, it's definitely a little bit of a letdown, but I mean, they had to, they couldn't go right back to it or, you know, whatever. So, but I don't, for me, it was like, if you were just going to undo everything from the ending of last episode, why just, they could have just had the ending of episode three be like, she doesn't get caught. And uh, Obi Wan doesn't get hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they just escape. I can see that point. However, 
However, I will disagree on the fact of the intensity of this. And I think that there was some important character exposition that had to go down yeah. in this manner. Like, especially with Talos character, I felt like it was important to show her usefulness with the infiltration thing, with her breaking her cover. Uh, I feel like this was, um, it, like you said, it was Obi-Wan getting his mojo back, but that's part of what I liked about it because we have, we just had, uh, for lack of a better term about this, it's the equivalent of when in at the end of uh, Empire, when Luke wasn't ready to face fucking Vader, just like Yoda told him, you're not ready for this fucking, and he gets his ass kicked. Obi-Wan didn't have his shit together and especially not to face Vader and he got his ass kicked. So I think, you know, if we were watching this, you know, as one, like if it had all dropped at once and we were watching it as one long six part film back to back, this episode would fit more as sort of the Dagobah retraining situation where he's relearning and we just get that touchstone so that as we go into the final act in these last two episodes, Obi-Wan's a little more prepared for the final act. And I think they had to kind of give you that yeah. because they, they spent enough setting up the fact that he has not used the force in 10 years and shut himself off. That he need like, even a small thing like him sliding the wristwatch across the thing, trying to get things back. But there was some great stuff in this too, because under pressure, he was forced to use the force that he hasn't used. Like one of my favorite sequences in this episode that we'll get to is the glass situation. That that was intense for me because it's like you haven't used your power in a decade. And now it's a life or death fucking moment again where it everything hinders on you fucking getting in touch with your shit again. And I just felt like it was necessary to give that to us. And that's why I enjoyed it. So I will disagree well, on the intensity of it. But yeah. That would make more sense if it, that scene already didn't happen in episode two with him saving Leia. Kinda, but it was different. So I think it was two different levels of it, if that makes sense, where it was like that time he was to a certain extent, but this time we were actually Saber was out in the open with stormtroopers and he was having to fervently use the force where he was still trying to keep it somewhat subdued that first time. Yeah, and I think the important thing here is, um, you know, as as kind of as, as Rocky just said, we have... Uh, Obi-Wan got his ass handed to him basically like and so now that's that was his low point he, he's not going to get any lower than he got at the end of episode three um, so now it's to kind of build him back up he needed to get a little bit of confidence uh, back in his abilities and this shows that happening like he's able to get a little bit of um, you know his confidence back by I mean who else is he going to get it back against you know it's got to be stormtroopers i mean that that's really the only thing that you know that he can that he can do that with i would say in the galaxy unless he's gonna go fucking i don't know hunt uh, Jawas. yeah or something i don't know but <laughs> um but anyways the you know so i think that that was important because we need to slowly start to build him up and you know have him reconnect to the force and you know, so I think that this episode does a good job of that. And it shows, 
you know, it, it does it in a way that's that's familiar um, by, you know, having it kind of mirror a little bit of A New Hope. Um, but, you know, I, th- I think that the way they did it, I think, was was strong. I think it was good. But I, I do want to give some validity to Alberto's point, though, because, I mean, I can't see it from his point of view um, in that way. I just I can I can contextualize it from the point of view that if we were watching this all in one lump bulk, that I don't think this would feel as out of place as it probably does for some people because of where it is. But I mean, I definitely see his point, though. And, you know, once again, as we talked about, like everyone's got everyone's got their opinions and their thoughts on it. So, I mean, that's if that's how Alberto feels, that's that's, you know, that's it's uh, legit to him. So, well, let's have him lead off. And since he is the descending vote, as we get into breaking down our favorite parts of this, let's have him lead off with the parts that he did like the most out of this. Well, looks like Rocky's signing you up for uh, a lot of work here, Alberto. <laughs> What? <laughs> well, no, I'm well, just no, curious. Uh, well, the we'll the just... person who likes it the least, I'm just kind of curious the things that they did like. Uh, I'm, like I already said, like seeing seeing some of the stuff from um, we only got like a little peek of and actually, have we we haven't seen in the Fortress and Rebels, right? Or because. They I were. They, I don't think so. I think we've they, only seen it in Fallen No, it was Order. the jail that the, the Citadel that they infiltrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's only in the game as far as I'm aware. I mean... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, there's a lot actually that happens in this that mirrors what they do in the game. Um, right down to um, Vader holding off um, a the water like from coming in from... Um, Not Vader, Obi-Wan. No, no, no! In the game, Vader does. Oh, yeah. oh, and they, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So in, it's it's like it's mirroring, um, you know, Vader does that in the game, and then Obi Wan does it in the in the show. So I I love that part immensely. That the anyway, we'll get there. But yeah, I, it's it's interesting. It's interesting. Vader did it in the game. Yeah, um, and that's how. Well, I won't say anymore if, in case anyone hasn't played. Um, uh, Fallen Order. If, if you haven't played it, it's been out for how many fucking years? Now they got a sequel due out next year. I think at this point, if yeah. they haven't played the game, they're not gonna. I, no, I, yeah, I mean, I get it. I just, you know, <laughs> if it's sort of in relation to the end of the game, so I don't want to say too much just in case, you know, if it was something that happened earlier, I wouldn't really care. But, gotcha. um, but yeah, so I thought if, that, it, that... if it's in the game, it's awesome because those seem to be all the parts I liked about the episode. So that's kind of I'm glad that as soon as I get a new Xbox, I have to play it. Uh, yeah, right, right down to the part where actually Cal Kestis um, actually swims into the fortress, very similar to how Obi Wan did. Interesting. So that um, game happened before or after the show. Uh, you know, I, I don't remember the timeline. I want to say it was... I think it's slightly before. Either way, though, that does imply that people keep breaking into this place. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and especially because what they said, um, you know, when they were talking about uh, Nur and Fortress and uh, Inquisitorius, they were like, yeah, like, nobody be dumb enough to go, to go there, you know, because they were like, yeah, it has no shields. So, so basically what you're saying is Fortress Inquisitorius is the Arkham Asylum of Star Wars. 
<laughs> so let me see when Fallen Order. Uh, so actually, it takes place uh, 14 BBY. So Fallen Order takes place first. So yeah. That's why they. That's why they put up the scanner gate. <laughs> Maybe, but there was there was some. Uh, they used some of the stuff oh. from that. Like I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think the um, interrogation room that they bring Leia to was a boss battle. If if I'm not mistaken, from Fallen Order. So, um, yeah, it's um that that is kind of that is kind of funny because. Maybe the rebels didn't know because Cal Kestis wasn't associated with the rebels, at least in the in the game. Um, like he was just kind of on his own kind of deal. Um, so it's possible that the rebels wouldn't have known about what happened there. But um, but yeah, there's there's a lot. Like uh, I would recommend playing the game anyone who hasn't. It's it's a really good game, and there's a lot of good stuff. They obviously they touch upon the Inquisitors um, because we get to see several of them in in the game uh i get to go to dathomir um and yeah there's a lot of awesome stuff so i would recommend it for people who haven't played it especially now they've seen this um you get to really get a a good sense of what happens at fortress inquisitorius and kind of walk through you know explore the hallways and and stuff like that um so well let's hit the high spots here so we start out um do you guys have any thoughts about sort of opening scene where the we have the montage um with obi-wan healing in the back to tank um you know one of the things about the back to tank that we've found out uh especially from book of boba is it's it's you know it's like a um what do they call it um i can't remember what they call those chambers uh where where you don't like they they do the same thing with Eleven and Stranger Things and like one of the earlier episodes, they put her in one of those sort of like sensory chambers, I think they're called or something. So sensory deprivation chambers. Some, yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, so it's almost like that. So in a way he's, he's forced because one thing about Obi-Wan is he's been, he's been hiding like literally not only physically, but emotionally he's been hiding from all these things that have happened to him. So when he's in the sensory deprivation chamber or the back to tank in this case, he, he has nothing but his thoughts and he, he doesn't, you know, like he, he hates it. He wants to get out. He'd rather get out of the back to tank got, than And he's than got heal. the recent trauma too. That's basically brought all this shit back after 10 years of burying it down. Yeah. The trauma facing Anakin has resurfaced all this fucking shit. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like that had something to do with it, with him being in, in the back to tank is, you know, it, he was just left with his own thoughts and that's not something he's had to do because he's been trying to keep busy and to try to keep his mind off of that stuff so he doesn't have to worry about all all this trauma. He's he's literally left it, you know, like hanging, like he hasn't dealt with any of his trauma. Right, which a lot of us do. I mean, it's well, yeah, kind of... Yeah. Talk about mirror, mirroring stuff, because I've recently had a lot of conversations with people who, um, like I was talking to a bass player friend of mine just recently, because he's getting ready to go in for surgery as well, and we were talking about the fact that uh, he is just sort of getting over his issues with having been in a lockdown for two years and being a performer. Yeah. You know, you're forced to be amongst a lot of people and, and, and performing in front of people after being in a form of solitude for two years, it's hard. Like it was hard for me 
to fucking get out and because I mean you've got to kind of lead people in frivolity and it's hard when you've been secluded away from people for a long time. So we were having that same discussion where it's like, we are now thrust from solitude into, for lack of a better term, into the limelight where, where you're literally in a spotlight in front of people now as they entertain me, bitch. And it's like, I fucking forgot what it's like to interact with people. So we were just talking about the same thing where it's like, he's finally getting to a point where he's comfortable again. And so am I. So it's kind of like, I, I, it, it's, it's almost like in relation to a lot of people's real life, uh, mental issues coming out of this, like Obi-Wan has been 10 years in seclusion, cut off, not just from people, but from the force and everything in his solitude. And now he's forced to be front and center to face a lot of things that he has now a serious fear of. So that's not lost on me. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's why it was so effective um, because of that, because, you know, like he hasn't had to deal with these things. He's been keeping himself occupied, but at this point he, he has no choice. He's, he's left only with his thoughts and he's healing like literally, you know, like physically and mentally in that back to tank, he is, he is healing. Um, so I thought that that was kind of a cool way of, of kind of approaching that. Um, but yeah, so we, we get to see that and, and, and obviously he, he, he doesn't like being in there because, because of all that stuff we just mentioned. And I don't know if there's some sort of connection now between, um, Vader and Kenobi. Um, because they kept, you know, with the way they cut between those two scenes of them in the back to tanks, like I wasn't sure if it had anything to do with that or if it was just kind of like juxtaposing what they're going through together, you know? I wondered that too, whether if it was just the juxtaposition of now both of them are thinking about it because they've confronted each other again. Yeah, yeah. And so they're both fresh in their minds or whether now that Obi-Wan has connected to the force again. If now there's a level of sensing it being out there in the ethos, you know? Yep. Yeah. Uh, it could be that too. Um, so, and then, um, then some of the other big scenes we have is now the interrogation scene. So we have, well, I guess it's less of an interrogation at first and more of, um, you know, Riva trying to extract some information. And in this scene, we we end up getting a little bit more insight into Riva than we've gotten previously. It's it's not significant, but there's enough little drops here to make you go, oh, okay, like I can kind of see where she's coming from. And she talks about how things were taken from her and how she used to have a droid when she was younger and, you know, and all these things. So, like, you get the sense that she is referencing Order 66 in the Jedi Order, you know? Well, it's what a good interrogator does is try. And this is why I like the way that... Uh, remember I said the one thing in, in the Resistance that I liked was that that First Order um, interrogator that they brought in to deal with uh, the mechanic um, where she was more trying to find the common ground and make you think that you, know, that you can relate to this person who's asking you questions. 
she was playing that card at the beginning, which yeah. was nice for trying to get Leia to trust her and think that they're on the same page. You know, like I, those people who fucking didn't save Obi-Wan, they're the bad ones. I can help you fucking get them, you know, all that shit, you know, playing all the sensibilities until she found out Leia was stronger than that and wasn't going to play that fucking deal. Then she had to turn the hard ass, right? Yeah. And I wonder, I mean, it seems to me that Reva doesn't know that she's force sensitive or if she did, she's keeping that to herself um, because she's, you know, she said you're strong or, you know, or something along those lines. I don't know exactly how she worded it, but um, something to the degree of, you know, you're stronger than I thought or something like that. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting that she called that out. Um, but didn't say anything oh, about her being forced. Re- yeah, she was resistant to the fucking mind search that she was trying to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I was trying to look for the name of that character. Um, Agent Tierney from Resistance. Is that who you're referring to? Did you mean Resistance or Rebels? No, I meant resistance. The one that yeah. they brought in, Tyranny. the one that, yeah, yeah, who was, uh, who was, yeah, Agent Tierney, who was, um, she talking to Tam. Groomed, Tam. Yeah, she groomed Tam and got Tam to flip. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I could see that they were definitely using some of the same sort of uh, mechanics there in in trying to get her to trust her, and then also like. You know, well, that's just that's just a good that's just that's been used in a lot of film and stuff like that. It's just a good interrogation technique. Cops yeah. try it, spies try it. They try to befriend you to get right, you to right. give it over willingly versus having to force it from you. Yeah, and and also with her telling, um, uh, telling her that um, Obi Wan was dead, you know, she would feel helpless as well. So no one's coming for you. Basically, so this is your only choice is to is to play fair, and if you do, we'll send you back to Alderaan with your family. Is basically what she said. So, um, but I love that Leia was resistant. I I, I don't know, you know, I, it seems like she's wiser than her years would would lead you to believe, you know, which is very much part of the of her character. I would say. Um, well, that's that's. I was about to say that's been a Leia thing since fucking A New Hope. You know, she was, she was, you know, when they, when they got into the Death Star to save her. And even when she, even when Vader first caught her, there was no fear from her to Vader. She got right in his face and was like, you know, the, the more you fucking press shit, you know, fuck you and all your fucking white garb, fucking goose stepping shit bags, you know? I have some, she, sorry, I was going to say, I have some thoughts about that. Cause she says, I thought I smelled your stench. Uh, or something yeah. like that. So yes, I smelled your stench when I was brought on board. I have a feeling that they're gonna that's gonna get paid off by something that happens in this. Possibly. But yeah, I mean that's the thing is the writing for young Leia and her delivery is so in line with the Leia we know and love, where Leia has taken no shit her whole even though she has grown up in the lap of fucking luxury and fucking you know prestige and privilege she has never once fucking you know immersed in it like she's in yeah. it yep. but she's always been different about it and and that comes across 
everything I see in this kid's performance is everything I saw in Leia in A New Hope. She just, she will fucking get in the face of anybody and prove that she's not going to fucking kowtow to you and yep. she's going to stand up for shit and she's doing it now. Even the way she looked at Reva in this interrogation scene several times, it was a very fuck you face from this kid where it was like, you know what? Screw you, man. I'm not on board with your bullshit. Yeah, and you know, like obviously kids have a different sense of things that I don't think they sense fear the the way that adults do. Um, but like Riva is a pretty fucking scary, you know, like you don't want to fuck with her basically, you know? And she, in a way, uh, Leia like kind of fucks with Riva, like that whole scene where she's like, she's like, I'll tell you, but first I gotta, I gotta tell my dad, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> Right. You know, like, um, I just thought like this little kid legitimately pissed this fucking inquisitor off. Yeah. It threw off her game a little bit and, uh, you know, to the point where they had to bring her to the interrogation room and, and, you know, like threaten to interrogate her to, you know, cause she couldn't pull the information out of, out of Leia. So, um, yeah, I think the interrogation scene was real good and it gave some more insight into who Riva is. And I think that that is kind of an important part that, we've been lacking a little bit and yeah, I, all stages of Reva's performance with her interactions with the characters in this episode were her best stuff yet. Like with Leia was great with Tala was great. And even at the end, Vader. when she fucking and Vader at the end, but even when she fucking catches Obi-Wan and Tala in the fucking hangar and she's just like a fucking spy, a child and an old man. And she's just like calling him out in front of all the stormtroopers and shit like that. It was like, this is her being a very fuck you borderline Sith right now. Fucking literally ready to just fucking tear shit down. She finally has had enough building blocks to make this character a valid, valid threat in my mind. Whereas before she was a threat, but Nothing was ever as cemented as it was for me in this episode with her. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, and I did really like her in this a lot. I've I all along I've liked um, Riva, but I think this probably is her strongest episode because of you know we get some more insight into who she is and she's almost in a sense vulnerable um, because she is trying to gain the trust of Leia. So you know. I think that we're getting a little bit of, of, of that and she has to be a little vulnerable. And, um, I think that's where she really shines in this. Um, did you say you wanted to bring up the, uh, the scene where Tala is, is being held at the security checkpoint? I just, this is, this is Tala's great, because her and the douchebag who's fucking checking where she's, I just like the way it flipped, because this, this to me is just good scene between performance, writing, and directing, and this is, scenes like this are what get me, it's kind of almost like, it's almost like the scene in Heat with Pacino and De Niro, where the conversation starts one way, but when it finishes, it's flipped and it's another way. Like you, you, when you come into the scene, you see Tala visually nervous about them checking it. And when this fucking guy who is beneath her in fucking rank begins checking it. And then when she has to play back on it, she bucks up and comes like, are you questioning me? I fucking outrank you (laughs) motherfucker. And then makes him turn that I loved. I love scenes that do this where you can physically see 
the one person nervous at the beginning and they can manage to flip it to where the fucker who was originally making them nervous gets nervous because you flipped the script on him. And I love scenes like this and this scene played out perfectly. Her performance from how she looked nervous when they first started scanning her to how she was like, are you questioning me? Are you outranking me? I have fucking top secret information. Do you know what fucking top secret means, motherfucker? I was just right, like, right. <laughs> this is this is how you do it, man. She was fucking awesome and that fucker she played off of, he was awesome too, how he went from asshole to weasel at the fucking first note of her fucking flex and her fucking, you know, nuts. And it was fucking awesome. Yeah, I will say there was a couple things that bugged me about um, this episode. And they, I mean, I can very easily overlook them. And so it's not that big of a deal. But when she was, when she was, she got into uh, past security, um, you know, and it was that part where um, she's at the, um, you know, one of the like computers um, to, to kind of do her thing. Um, like she's sitting right next to another Imperial soldier. That bugged me too. And, and she's whispering. In the yeah. Gum. And he looked yeah. over at her once like, what the fuck? You know, like even like yeah. they acknowledge it, but I was like, what the fuck? And, you know, and then she's that still talking weird. and another one shows up and, you know, you know, this is not your station or whatever. And I was like, all right, like, you... by the way, can I bring this up real quick? Since you brought that up, yeah. we have talked about it millions of times on the show what fucking code cylinders are. So I'm so glad that in this fucking show, they have shown people finally what code cylinders are. That's basically your fucking ID so that they yeah, can check yeah. your fucking credentials. So now everybody knows what the fucking code cylinders are that you see all Imperial officers have in their fucking pocket. That's what they are. It's yeah. your fucking, it's your fucking ID. We did see it in the Mandalorian, but it, you know, it's good to see them kind of double down on it a little bit, you know, and show it again. Oh, that's right. With the Bill Burr episode where yeah. they had the, yeah, but yeah, this is a little more, Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, so yeah, I thought that that was, um, you know, that uh, that was the thing that that was the one thing that may have bugged me about this episode was it was just kind of like, like I get it, you know, but it's it's they could have just shot the scene without anyone around, like or someone a little bit further away, you know. Yeah, that but was awkward. We'll that, say that. But yeah. there's been a few awkward things. But again, as I've told you, prequels, original trilogy sequels, they've all had something that's like you just got to suspend disbelief yep. a little bit. Yeah. So um, there was that. Um, one, one thing I think they actually did well in this that I've always wondered is when Obi-Wan is hiding um, from those two stormtroopers walking down the hall, they actually yeah. heard his calm. And a lot yeah. of times in Star Wars, you, you, you like, I'm like, why, why don't they hear the calm? Like, you know, like, cause yeah. there's scenes like that. Um, but I thought, I'm glad that they actually played that up because I was like, all right, well, finally, like, you know, but you like, know what you were talking about references to a new hope, the same thing too. When Tala has to leave and go deal with the guy who yeah. wants to see her fucking credentials and she leaves the calm on the desk. It's exactly yeah. like, like they leave the calm yeah. when C-3PO leaves it on the desk to go hide in the fucking closet. Yeah, there was, in the closet. <laughs> there was definitely a lot of um, little, I don't know if you want to call them Easter eggs or references or whatever, but callbacks. Yeah, there was a lot of callbacks in this. And even the rebreather that Obi-Wan uh, was using. Yeah, from you know, fucking Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace, yep. Alberto popped, hey, his, popped, this one was bigger. Alberto popped a chub when that happened, I'm sure. Of course. <laughs> and he's, he, he went to Rule 34 to... <laughs> look up see rebreather sex 
Gungans getting down underwater with fucking other species that need to rebreather. <laughs> hey, I will say this. I, exactly. I, I did like how uh, Tala took care of business. She went back there with that dude who wanted to see her shit and oh, fucked yeah. that dude up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she, I mean, she's she's pretty badass. I, I mean, I'll definitely give that to her. Um, she... But you can't be a spy and not. Which, again, little shit like this is what has me still jacked for Andor. And we might even get to see fucking Tala fucking working with fucking Cassian at some point, passing in the night. Yeah. Um, that is true, because technically, when does... um Andor's five years before Rogue One, right? I think it's taking place five years before... I think it's when the series is taking place. So... It'll oh, be sure. it'll be four years after this. So if Tala, uh, if she survives, if she survives. Yeah, which I, I don't think she will. Um, <laughs> but um, if she does, yeah, she could definitely. Be well, there. did you did you hear? Uh, apparently, they wrote this, and there's extra scenes in case it was going to get a, a, a second season that they were interchangeable. So maybe they have. Maybe they have scenes written where she dies. Maybe they have the scenes written where she doesn't, so she can come back in a second season. Who fucking knows? That's interesting. I wonder if they, yeah, I wonder if they actually cut two different versions or something like that. If that is true, if they cut, two I different read versions. a rumor that that is the case. That there are sequences that they wrote in case it did go into a second season. So I would assume if they wrote it, they had to have filmed it so that if they were, they could use. So they pro- they would have to have a second cut of things if they yeah. plan on using I I did see um I saw rumors saying that there was that the second season was confirmed but when I looked on le- like legit um sites I couldn't find confirmation so yeah, I'm not sure. I've seen some rumor stuff saying that the numbers were have been so good that it's been greenlit, but again, it hasn't come from credible places that I know. Well, yeah, it was it's the number I mean, it's the the most viewed show on Disney Plus. Like it its debut was. Right. So, it it's it's, it's got to stick the landing. <laughs> yep. Yep, for sure. Uh I'm looking just to see if I if I see anything pop up while we're kind of talking more about it. Um, I'm in too much pain for anything to pop up on my son's so get off my fucking <laughs> webcam. My only fans is offline tonight. God, thank God. <laughs> no one wants to see um, that. Yeah. Um, performances aside, uh, I do hope we dig into before it gets too much later. I want to dig into some of the fucking, uh, sequences, both with the tech and the choreography in this that were the highlights for me. Yeah. Go, um, go for it. Uh, firstly, and I, I, I hope you and Alberto feel the same way. Um, I loved the more stripped down, sleek version of the probe droid that they had patrolling the halls. Oh, I thought yeah, was yeah, it was cool. Fucking awesome. Um, I, I just fucking, uh, when they go in the chamber, I know you saw it in the video game, but I liked the sort of the little amber fucking dead oh, yeah. Jedi chamber was fucking both kind of creepy. All right, let's but, yeah, let's talk about that. So, I mean, I do want to hit 
all the the major high spots first, and then we can maybe go back and talk about some lesser stuff. But, um, so yeah, so it's it's funny because it's Obi Wan says almost the same exact line as um, oh fuck, what's his name? Oh, yes, this. No, 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 no. Um, from Lord of the Rings. Um, I can't remember if it was Sean Bean's character. Anyways, they when they're in Moria, he basically I think he says the same exact thing. There's like a scene where basically says almost the same line. It's kind of funny. <laughs> um when he enters that chamber, I'll look it up and and see I'll I'll find it, but um but uh yeah, so so when when he enters the chamber like and it had the the red imperial logo which is to mean sith right like that's kind of like the sith imperial logo um i didn't realize that a color coding was okay i've never heard that but not to say it's not true well anyways the the markings on the door was red right so it's it's I mean yeah I just did Sith Imperial logo and I'm seeing I'm seeing it pop up so it um it was like the Sith emblem um that was on those doors uh those two doors when he found the the tomb basically um right. so but he, but yeah so I want to talk about that uh, we saw a bunch of different Jedi we saw a youngling we saw a bunch of other Jedi that were that was creepy that was fucked up potentially unrecognizable um did you guys pick out any that you recognized uh nothing specifically the first one I kind of thought was a Gungan at first the first one oh that, that that was um Maz, master Sanube who we saw in um I'm trying to remember if it was Rebels or Clone Wars now. Oh, since you brought that up, I did want to bring this up because somebody had talked about this too was you remember in Rebels when the Grand Inquisitor to draw Kanan out fucking used Luminara under yes, all these yes. fucking uh, remains. Yeah. So everybody was like, How the fuck did he have that fucking corpse? Well, it makes fucking sense now. She was probably in one yep. of those fucking chambers. Exactly. That's the thing I wanted to call out is is so yeah, so that happened years later. So this is something a practice that they've been doing, and and I think the idea is I, I'm not positive. I'd like to get you guys' take on it as well. But I think the idea is that they, if their bodies remain, they still have a connection to the Force. Like, so they can be used like they were used in Rebels, where uh, Luminara Unduli. Um, you know, where they basically had like a, a zombie ghost version of her. I don't know how, how I want to characterize it, but, um, you know, with that to call Kane and Jarrus, um, you know, to, to them, um, you know, so that's kind of interesting that how they did that, but this definitely is sort of like the, ini- the initial sort of like bit of that, you know, I think this is a macabre way that fucking. I think this ties into just how fucking warped and twisted the fucking Grand Inquisitor is. Is that 
you know, he realizes that this is a tool to do that. And if they're hunting Jedi, it's just another tool to have, to, you know, because his whole speech at the beginning of this show about how they can't help but do the right thing. You know, if they can somehow sense that another Jedi, because even look at the way Obi-Wan got excited when he saw Quinlan Voss's name on the wall and he reacted to the fact that fuck, somebody I know is still alive. And it's the same thing with Kane and Jarrus when he, you know, when he gets right. Obi-Wan's transmission and when he, he gets Luminara or Unduli might still be fucking alive kind of thing. You know, it's instinctive to want to find others like yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so, you know, it is kind of, it's, it's, it's actually one of the darker things that I think we've seen in Star Wars, like to keep all those bodies, like, you know, like in this sort of amber sort of, right. um, you know, substance. It's yeah, it is. It is really is. So, you know, they're not like pulling any punches with some of the stuff that happens in this Obi-Wan getting fucking burnt, and, you know? And you- Again, as you said in the last episode, how Vader and Obi-Wan's meeting was very horror-related. Same thing with this episode. They did a lot of really good horror shots, like when Obi-Wan's hiding from the fucking Seeker droid in the hallway, and the way the Seeker droid comes up and looks through the fucking window with the red eye. Yeah, it's like stalking him, yeah. Yeah, it's like Michael Myers-type shit, where fucking Jamie Lee Curtis is hiding behind the fucking door, looking, waiting for something to happen kind of thing. You know, it's very horror when he walks into that chamber and you see the fucking tombs. It's yep. That's horror, you know? Yeah. So, it, it's not confirmed, but one of the Jedi is believed to be Tara Sinube. And Tara Sinube, uh, we saw him actually in the Clone Wars, not Rebels. And there's actually an episode with, um, or I think it was an arc. I'm trying to remember now. Um, he kind of investigated crimes. He inve- he taught younglings. And um, that's right. He assisted Ahsoka in retrieving her lost lightsaber. Oh, the old guy. Yeah, yeah. The old. The old oh, yeah. Let me look up. Uh, I forget what race he was. Oh, I didn't have my uh, sound queued up. Here we go. Sanube. <laughs> That's even creepier. <laughs> um, so let me look up Tara Sanube. Okay, there so... was nobody that I recognized, but I dude when they that, that last shot of the fucking youngling still in the fucking helmet shit was just disturbing that they would have a kid. It's that's fucked up. Yeah, it was kind of fucked up. So he's a Cozian. Um, let's see what can I find uh, the, from the home world of Cozia. Um, they are a species of sentient reptilian humanoids um, who had beaked mouths, four-fingered hands, eyes with lids that blinked upwards instead of down, and a long tail that ended in a tuft of hair. Cozians could be force-sensitive. So... Alberto just sent me something. <laughs> I, I hesitate to click on this, Alberto. I was about to say, <laughs> what is he looking up on? Oh, my God. <laughs> did he send it to the group thing? Or yeah, yeah, it? no, he sent it to the group thing. It's, I got to get my phone. It's, uh, oh, I'll just tell you, it's breasts on Wikipedia, and it says 
expressed or an anatomical feature in some species in the galaxy, such as the human, Dowaka, and Ascagian species. Breasts occurred in both sentient and non-sentient species. What is the meaning of this, Alberto? I like. I don't know. It was. A, it's a trending <laughs> article on Wikipedia oh, today. Okay. I like the fact that the picture of it is fucking Kylo Ren's yeah, shirtless, big wide to, chest. To be fair, I mean, who, who else's titties have you seen in Star Wars? Well, that's true. Depends on how long you spend on Rule Thirty Four. Apparently, yeah, I'm yeah. saying in a movie, I don't think you've oh, seen anyone else topless. It, it is the first nipples. That is true. Well, no, it picked up. Wasn't Ula's nipples kind of fucking seen through the mesh? No, I'm saying complete. <laughs> Okay. Topless. I think he was the first one. Fair enough. I did read an article. <laughs> oh no! Actually, Last Jedi is the most sexualized Star Wars. Oh, whoa, 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 no! Uh, Return of the Jedi, right? The Rancor. Yeah. Yep. Oh, the Rancor Keeper. Yeah, that fucker did have some. Good no, no, fun. it would have been before that because uh, uh, Luke wasn't wearing a shirt in the back of the tank. So. All right. Oh. oh did, wasn't no. he bandaged thought, up though? I thought he was wearing a tank top. No. No, I don't think so. Huh. Well, there's a question for the ages. Who's, whose nipples were the first to appear in Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, he's he's not wearing a shirt. You see? Oh, okay. So the Skywalker nipples are strong. Yes, they are. <laughs> Here's um. This is the line from uh, Lord of the Rings. It is Sean Bean's character. Let me just uh cue it up here. All right, here it is. Four seconds. I don't know if you could hear that too well. It was really quiet. Yep. He says, this is no mine. It's a tomb. And I forget oh, yeah. I forget what Obi-Wan says. He said, you know, this is no something. It's a tomb. Um, I don't know if they were calling back to that. Just just some similarities there. That's all. Um, so in that scene, though, there is a character that looks like it could be um, Quinlan Voss. Shut your mouth. That motherfucker's still alive. Don't <laughs> fucking people. I don't, don't, don't fucking do shit like that to me. <laughs> well, I'm, not, I'm just telling you what I saw. <laughs> I've had a rough two weeks. Give me some joy. Don't fuck it up. <laughs> Fucker. Quinlan Voss is alive. I'm going to get Filoni to make me a t-shirt. Quinlan Voss lives. <laughs> Plocoon lives. As long as it's not Keanu Moon. No, we saw Keanu Moon get gunned down on the bridge, so we know that fucker's done. <laughs> Poor Keanu Mundi. Yeah, the fucking Wookiees didn't even give a shit. They showed up just to piss on this corpse. <laughs> All right, so there's a couple characters. The very first two that they show um our characters like one looks like it could be Quinlan Voss. Um, and then the, the, there's another one on the right here. I'll, I'll, let me see if I can take a screenshot of this and just send it to you guys. Um, now there was a lady that had a really poofy. Yeah. Yeah. Thing. That's not who you're talking about. Is it? No. Okay. This looks like a man. Like it's a man, baby. <laughs> yeah. All right. Take a screen cap. And also, Don't ruin shit for me, man. <laughs> you Quinlan can zoom in and do whatever you want. No. I'm not going to look. I want to keep my fucking fantasy alive. <laughs> wow. 
Uh, I just sent it. For those who want to look. It's going to take more than some pussy-ass inquisitors to take that boy down. <laughs> so if you zoom in on either side, and, th- and there's the other the other guy, I don't, I can't remember what character. They have like the horned sort of like um, tendrils that kind of come down in front. Oh, yeah. Um, he was in the Clone Wars. I yeah, don't, he, there's also one of those species that's pretty prominent in the Old Republic too. Um now, what was that Jedi's name? Um, I got his. I got his figure in the basement. Fuck. He, uh, Neither of these look like Quinlan Vos to me. You don't think the one all the way to the left? I'm looking at it now, and it, I mean, I don't see the the any eye makeup or, or like the you know like the sort of like markings. marking he has. Yeah, but the hair is slightly reminiscent. Fuck you! It's not Quinlan Vos. <laughs> also, if you look in the top, um there are pods above these bottom ones and they're small yep. ones. So yep. those are fucking younglings or children or... Or it's fucking Yaddle. Or, or yeah, or maybe they're all fucking Yoda's race. <laughs> uh, fuck. <laughs> fucking Yaddle. Yaddle. Oh, man. So that's pretty dark. Um, there, Yeah, there's some dark shit in this... I can't really make out anyone else. I think Teresa Nube is the only one that seems like it's likely to be him. Um, but other than that, yeah, I'm not sure if I recognize it. One of them potentially might not even be a Jedi. I've seen some someone say, like some people say, it looked like a Sith, or maybe Sacy Ten is the Jedi you're talking about with the horns and Eric Tachi is the race. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, that's exactly him. Uh, it, it definitely, I think that I think that Jedi frozen in amber is definitely that race, uh, but I don't know if it's Sacy Tin. It's, I mean, it'd be, be difficult to, to know well, we for didn't sure. See, we did, he's one we didn't see die in any of the iterations of Order 66, so it's possible he was still running amok yeah. for a while. Although, if you look, the sort of tendrils... In, in the one in the picture that I just sent you guys, they it almost looks like it's bone instead of like a tendril. Um, well, the, the Itachi, it's bone. It's not a tendril. It oh, okay, bone. okay. But it looks like yeah, it's I'm shorter sure. than Seisei Tins. Seisei Tins. But I don't know. At this point, all we can do is speculate. We you know, there's we can't see them well enough to to make a a determination. So, but um, yeah, pretty fucking dark scene and. Um, it was cool to see, um, that like as fucking dark and, and, you know, crazy as it was to see that, but, um, it just shows you like what the empire, like how, to what lengths they're going to wipe out the Jedi and to keep them, you know, like this is almost like a, you know, we're going to keep them frozen if, in case we ever need to call another Jedi out of hiding, like we'll use their like a master or someone they knew, um, like like we talked about with um, um, Luminara, you know. Yeah, I think that if that was actually fucking Quinlan in that thing, since Obi Wan called him out by name in the last episode, he would have paused in front of that fucking. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I don't think it is, but it looked close enough to to not bring up, you know. Fair enough, but it's not. 
<laughs> and because um, his, his nipples have to show up on Alberta's fucking. <laughs> uh, was it? Was there another? I think. Yeah, I think I think that's it. Um, but him seeing the youngling was like kind of like me. Yeah. So it even it disturbed my wife kind of a little bit too. She was kind of like, "Is that a kid?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that's fucked up." And the the thing I wonder about this too. So we've actually seen. I don't know if there if if it's supposed to be sort of a, a call to some 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 other stuff, but um, like, could this be also part of like their cloning? You know, sort of like campaign um where you know oh, later on we tying see into, tying into the emperor's yeah yeah like maybe if they keep these jedi they can still sort of extract midichlorians or or you know whatever something from them and later on in the mandalorian you know we do see um the you know the clone like you know the chambers with what looks like clones inside of them so this is something right. that you know we've seen that keeps kind of reoccurring. Um, so whether I mean we know that they're dead; these Jedi are dead or seemingly dead, um, you know, because Obi Wan calls it a tomb. Well, it's so definitely not carbonite; it's right. really a form of amber, which yep. is usually used to seal the dead. So yep, exactly. So it's um, <laughs> yeah, pretty dark shit for <laughs> the show for sure. Um, but after, but even that talking about dark shit, I mean, we've seen up to this point, the only thing you've ever really seen fucking Obi-Wan strike down has been droids, but he has been fucking really killing stormtroopers. So yeah, let's, let's talk about that. So I know you want to talk about some of the hallway, um, stuff with, uh, the stormtroopers. Uh, I, I will lead off by saying, I thought in this, we didn't really see a lot of kind of hand to hand combat. What, what we saw was. Obi-Wan deflecting blaster bolts. So I think in a way it was almost like, um, you know, uh, lightsaber training 101 to try to relearn, you know, some of... Um, reconnect. Yeah, reconnect and learn some of this stuff that he did because, you know, and then... Because they've also, they've also explained in the past too that you have a connection to your weapon and his weapon has right. been buried in the desert for 10 fucking years. So yep. this is also a reconnection moment. So it is like relearning 101. Yeah, and, and in this we see, let's see, if I'm not mistaken, the first time he ignites it on his own accord is when he's freeing Leia, right? Is that when we first see it? When the, cause no, I he did it later. Well, no, 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 he did that in defense. What I'm saying is this is the first time he's lit it on his own accord. You know what I mean? Right? Yeah, yeah, when he took those troopers out. Yeah, so I think, I, I think that that is a shift as well for him because prior... What's... Yeah. Go ahead. Well, prior Go to ahead. this, he only did it out of defense, and it looked like it looks so foreign in his hand. But right. in this, he, he's getting the feel for it again. He even does the fucking spin, you know, like I'm going to get to that. I'm going to okay. get to that. I, 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 I've got it. I've had a fucking. I've. I. My nipples have been so hard thinking about this all day that I should be on fucking Alberto's website. <laughs> all right, lay but, it on. Um, Go ahead, lay it on me. Okay, so I talked. Me and you talked about this earlier. That. Um, you know, in last episode, everybody was talking about how great the lighting was and how great, 
you know, the, the pitch was and tone for when Vader and Obi-Wan had their first encounter. But in this episode, I love so much. And I, when we talked about this earlier, how about how in the last Jedi, the throne room sequence was just the tone, the way everything was set, the colors and everything just really made that fight pop. When the lights go out in the fucking torture chamber with Leia, and just the contrast of the only lights being that red light on the floor, and then you see that blue saber ignite, and he just fucking, you know, takes that fucking one trooper out, and the second yep. trooper's freaking out like a horror movie going, you can't get out of here, you can't get out of here, and he just appears behind the other one, and the blade fucking ignites, and he just takes that fucker out. The lighting, the setting, and the contrast of the only colors you see was fucking great. Like, I just, my eyes were fixated. So, <clears throat> moving forward, when he's moving down the hallway, escaping with Leia, the color of the greenish tint of the water with the black, shiny floors and everything, when he is literally, he's got a fucking secret droid behind him, troopers in front of him, and he's deflecting the blasters the way he is and seeing him get his groove back, as you said, seeing him just deflecting like he's deflecting but then it culminates when he gets surrounded between the troopers in front the troopers in back and he does this one fucking deflection move where he's got only one trooper left behind him and he literally doesn't even look back and just fucking swats yep. the blaster bolt yep. backwards gave me a fucking jedi boner i was like that was <laughs> fucking dope but like you said here's the thing he has managed to take and this is what i loved about the fight between Obi-Wan and Maul and Rebels was they managed to show he still got the essence of young Obi-Wan's fight tactic, but they phase it off with the Alec Guinness feel to his thing. And he, like you said, the, I got so excited when he did the young Obi-Wan fucking saber spin. Yep. Yep. But then he brought it straight up into old man Obi-Wan's yeah. fucking stance. I fucking fanboy pop like a motherfucker i backed that sequence up like seven <laughs> fucking times that was like the fight coordinator went above and beyond to fucking make sure the two styles were in fucking play and it was beautifully orchestrated and like you said it was more aggressive than he was against vader but it was still defensive. He was protecting Leia. Sure, sure. And it yeah. wasn't, he wasn't trying to kill was, anybody, but it was the only way he could stop it. It was out of necessity, yeah. Exactly. But once again, that little backwards fucking blaster bolt slap he did that took that last trooper out behind him was just fucking fantastic, dude. I just did so much joy as somebody who loves all the different saber styles. We've talked about this a million times, how I've studied all the different saber styles like i love dooku's fencing style and mm -hmm. you know but fucking seeing the young obi-wan style meshed with the older obi-wan style like they did against maul just so much fucking joy in that sequence yeah and the colors and and we get to that scene i know you saw it in the video game but fuck the tension when that fucking blaster bolt cracked the glass and leia called out to him that the glass is broken and just the way he's fucking force holding it. And then when they start peeling the doors back and the way he's still trying to hold it, but he fucking puts the saber up to just deflect while he's holding it. There, there was so much tension. Yeah. And, and that's, that's one of the things I, I wanted to bring up. I know, like, I don't mean to pick on Mars. He's cause he's not here, but like, you know, like to say 
that like all tension is removed because you know how these characters story like long-term story ends uh you know i i feel it really removes i i just feel it like does a disservice and also just like i'm not quite sure how the best way to put it but it's just like it really there is there are ways you can tell a good story there are ways you could build tension no matter what like whether you know that the characters are going to survive or not this did it like this absolutely did it. Like I, in this there's moment, still risk, there's still stakes. Yeah. And in this moment, I'm like fearful for Leia hiding behind one of these little, like, yeah. like tiny Pillars. beams where she has like no fucking cover, you know? Right. And I even like the way his, his dialogue delivery has become so Allegheny, which I really love. Like it's, it's still expressive, but it's still very calm. Cause even when he calls out in the most aggressive, you heard his voice really yet when he calls out to Tala to get her out of here. Yeah. It was still focused. You know, Obi-Wan is still a focused fucking dude. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, the, I think the at first I think I was a little disappointed that we were just seeing him like you know like fend off blast, blaster bolts, but like the more I think about it, I think the more that it makes sense uh, because you know he's just trying to get out of the situation. He's not trying to fucking like slaughter stormtroopers. But they drown the fuck out of those bitches, well, dude. They're yes, fucking they do. Water at the door. I was like, yeah, that's some fucking waterlogged sons of bitches. Yeah. But you're right. I just I, I actually have a playing, and that that blaster bolt behind the back was pretty fucking awesome. Um, so good. One thing we do see in this actually, and and I don't think you guys have seen them because I think they're only in Fallen Order. Um, but that the you know there's the stormtroopers, and then there was the one wearing the black the armor, purge, purge trooper. Yeah, purge trooper. Yeah. So yeah, I had never seen those before. That's what they're called. They're from yeah, the game. they're from the game. So the purge troopers are are trained to fight Jedi. That's fucking cool. I'd like to get a better shot of them because I couldn't really make out a lot of the features because a lot of it was happening so fast. With yeah. Him. Yep. And because he's black, they kind of, he kind of blends into the background where the white troopers pop. Let me see if we can find, uh, and make it find the toys. <laughs> um, there's different. So they're, so they're, they're trained to deal with Jedi specifically. These, yep. these branch of troopers. Yep. That's pretty pretty fucking cool. Here, I just sent it in the chat. It's it's a picture from the game. Does it have his nipples? I'm not looking if it doesn't. <laughs> yes. Alberto's yeah, I'll say yes, and then you can be mad at me after. <laughs> Alberto started a whole new Star Wars fetish I never thought about. <laughs> whose nipples have been shown. But there are different um, purge troopers as well. Some have like vibro. Oh, the helmets. The helmets reminiscent to uh, to um, um, crosshairs. Fucking helmet kinda. yeah uh, yeah i guess you're right it kind of kind of is a little bit those are great looking fucking uniforms man yeah holy shit they're pretty badass and they typically flank dope. like you see in this they typically flank um an inquisitor an inquisitor yep those are fucking cool man yeah that fucking i i wasn't able to get that focused on them in the in the show i just figured they were you know commander troopers i didn't realize they had a speciality but fucking Damn, those are fucking great looking. Holy yeah, fuck. that'd be a, probably be a cool figure to have. I want the helmet. I hope <laughs> fucking Black Series puts out a helmet of that shit, dude. Well, that's fucking. Maybe badass. now that they're live action, maybe they will. Yeah, no shit. That's cool. 
<laughs> and what did you say they're called Alberto purge troopers? Mm-hmm. Yep. Those are fucking great, dude. Fucking love this shit, man. Holy fuck. This yeah. is my new favorite stormtrooper design. It's cool to see him in uh in live action. I'm gonna send you another one here. This is one um is this a, it's a, a not a vibroblade, but it's like a, an electric it's like the ones the electro the, staff. Yeah, like the electro staff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Oh, those are fucking that's an even better shot. Holy fuck. This is from the <laughs> game, I assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck, these are good, dude. Holy yeah, Black Series. Fucking Mattel, get on your ass. I need a, <laughs> I need some purge troopers, man. Holy fuck. Hey Alberto, 3D print me a fucking helmet, son. <laughs> Jesus fuck. That's cool as shit. Yeah, they're pretty badass. And they're tough too. I mean, to fight in the game, they're they're pretty fucking tough. So Isn't there a helmet they put out in SWG that's kind of reminiscent of this? That new armor that you can get from Bespin? I it kind of looks like that. I forget that's what that looks like. Cool shit, man. Yeah, they're pretty Fuck. badass. So I, I hope it's not the last one we see in uh in the series. Um, because they are pretty badass. I, you know, I don't want it to just be like a background character we see once. You know, it would have actually been cool if maybe he had fought one in the hallway. You know, like maybe that the purge trooper got through and he was able to like fight him in the hallway or something. You know, but yeah, it's fucking great, man. Holy shit! <clears throat> so yeah, it looks like Hasbro has a Black Series figure of him. It's a pretty badass looking figure too. So, um, but yeah, so that was um. That was cool. Okay, here's another one of my gripes. Um, <laughs> um, when they're es- trying to escape with Leia, and Obi Wan puts that fucking coat on and is smuggling Leia in the coat. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, like even the Inquisitors walked right fucking by them, and I was like, "Come on!" Like, you know, there was like the fifth brother and the was it the fourth sister? I think or whatever. Like, they walked like. Obi-Wan walked right behind them wearing that fucking garb and but you know that's the same coat that the fucking um the the mud troopers are wearing in fucking solo. It's oh yeah, like yeah. Kind of raincoat situation. Yeah, and they showed it in this episode like it was kind of like um Chekhov's um trench coat. <laughs> um where you sh- they showed it earlier and but the thing is like clearly like there's another person in there. You know, yeah, it's but- the thing is, is the alarms are, see, I thought that too at first, but if you notice the alarms are going off and everybody's scurrying to fucking get to their posts and do shit that nobody's fucking paying attention to people in uniform because that's not who they're looking for. Yeah. And that's fair. Like, I totally get that. <laughs> I mean, you still definitely see that it is, it's like, it's like the three, it's like fucking little rascals trying to sneak into the fucking movie theater. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, but the yeah, so the end scene. Well, not not the the absolute end scene, but that scene when when Riva is walking uh, towards Obi Wan, um, Tala, and Leia, and she has a her traitor, sh- a child, and an old man. Yep, and she has her her lightsaber um, ignited, and she's got the purge troopers on either side of her, and then the stormtroopers behind her. I was like, they are fucked. They are like. What? How yeah. the fuck are they getting out of this one? 
You know what always gets me, even though I've seen it in a million fucking movies, and and I just always love it, is the second she finishes delivering her fucking thing, and she's like, how did you think you were going to escape? And all the troopers pull their guns at once, and everybody, they, they have that choreography where everybody's guns draw up at the same time. Yep. That's still just so epic to me. Like, when they can nail that shot where they just fucking show all the soldiers fucking take aim simultaneously, still gets me if it's done well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that was a really cool scene, though. And uh, then we have the um, the speeders show up. So kind of like I know they mentioned um, the T forty sevens. Yeah, I know they mentioned the T forty seven earlier, um, but I, I guess I focused on the part where where Obi Wan said speeders. So I, you know, like in my head, I was thinking, you know, we're probably going to see. Land speeder, or you know, or like a like a swoop, or something like that. You know, that's kind of what I had in my head. But so it actually was kind of cool because it kind of surprised me. Um, but these are different versions than the than the T forty seven we know. Um, well, they don't have they don't have the extended fucking cold adapting equipment on the back that they had on Hot to be able to fucking keep the engine fucking warm enough to keep moving. Right. They had a shorter back because they don't need them. For those temperatures. Well, it's also the um, the way the 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 rear sort of cockpit opened. Uh, this it opened like a DeLorean almost, like where it went up, um, like like opened in the middle and went and and like you know went up Flipped as over a, yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, kind of like a Y wing. But uh, how about that landing? That fucking just comes skidding in. Oh, yeah. She dropped that skid gear like. I <laughs> <laughs> loved it. But then after that that fucking vader scene oh man like well, wait a second let's pause a second okay. one thing i dig dig is when fucking um uh, i can't remember the fucking pilot's name but when he went into hover mode and was just unloading wade. on revenge yeah, yeah wade was just unloading on revenge she was deflecting the fucking bolts i was like okay that's fucked up yeah deflecting the bolts from a fucking speeder like that yeah that was pretty badass um. Yeah, and then, you know, she force throws the explosive at the speeder and, and kills Wade. And boy, there has never been a fucking, I'm going to fuck a motherfucker up for fucking up March like Vader coming down that hall after that cutscene, dude. When they fucking cut from her exploding that speeder to Vader coming yep. up the hall, you're yep. just like, somebody's ass is so fucking grass right now, dude. Yeah. And he just walks straight in and immediately force grabs that bitch. He's just <laughs> not even, that's not even a pause. Yeah. And he says, you warned what defeat would bring. <laughs> and like levitates her, picks her up. You know, I will tolerate your weakness no longer. And, you know, she basically can't breathe in this moment. And she just manages to eke out a, you know, like her saying that she placed, you know, she's like, I let them go. <laughs> And he's like, what? <laughs> um, you know, and she says that she put the tracker on the ship. Um, and this is obviously twofold so that they can find the network and find Kenobi. Like this. So in essence, it was like super smart on her part. <laughs> and Vader well, immediately puts her down and is like, I have underestimated you. Yeah. Well, that's the only way you stay alive is fucking have a fucking second play with Vader because if you don't have a second play, you're just done. Yep. 
So that was fucking great. I love that when he just comes fucking sprint, like almost sprinting and um, just fucking lifts her up. It was fucking nuts. That's your dad fucking coming home knowing that you fucking took the car out that night without fucking telling <laughs> Yeah. Just come home ready to whoop your ass. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, pretty great stuff. Um, I did like the fact that Fifth Brother made mention to the other fucking Inquisitor this is all fucking Reva's fault. Yeah. yeah. Now they're just out to get her. Like, because Reva's like, you know, when she said something about putting the, uh, you know, the tracking... Um, on them he's like but lord she almost had this whole fucking thing blown up <laughs> and then she says and she almost kind of manipulates vader in a way she says kenobi's all that matters and then vader kind of yeah. i don't know he, i don't know if he agreed with her but he he you know he, he kind of he kind of did agree even if it was silently you know yeah but yeah fifth brothers had enough of her shit oh yeah he's for fucking, sure he's, he's done with you know i think i think we if she gets offed there's a 50-50 chance that it might be Fifth Brother who fucking takes her ass out from behind. I, you know, I just think that they keep playing up his having enough for her shit and them vying for the Grand Inquisitor spot a little too much to not have him have a moment where he tries to best her. Yeah, I could see something like that. I mean, obviously, I don't think he's going to... I think if anyone takes her out, it's got to be either Vader or Kenobi. You know, if Reva doesn't survive, that is. I still have a nagging suspicion she's got a bigger play involved in the Vader thing. Because like you said, it's manipulative. But to what ends? Like, I still, it's still vague as to what her actual motivation about this is. I think it's more than just wanting the Grand Inquisitor spot. I think there's a reason she wants to get in with Vader or get Kenobi. So I think in two more episodes, they're going to have to reveal some heavy shit. Yeah, I agree. Uh, then, you know, the episode basically ends with uh, Lola, you know, kind of shining this red light and showing that uh, Reva kind of reprogrammed or put a, some kind of bug in Lola. Yeah, the tracker's inside the droid. Yep. Um, we didn't bring this up, but it was a really good scene at the end when they get on board the ship. Actually, I did love the transport, too, when you saw the speeder fly into the transport. It was really kind of yeah, cool, it's cool shot. But um, uh, Ice Cube Jr. there fucking cubes oh, yeah. kid. Yep. Um, he was his character is really strong man and especially in that last sequence when she explained that fucking homeboy didn't make it back that was some pretty heavy shit and even the way Tala went and got some water for the pilot that rescued him and, and Tala makes the best line because they, they bring it up when you first meet them that you know we're not soldiers and just when she fucking walks from behind that pilot she's like I guess you're soldiers now it was just a yeah. great fucking exclamation point yeah, and you know, it's kind of like it was in a way it was almost like um kind of a kind of a shit thing to say, but I mean, in a way, I mean, she's she's not wrong, you know. I mean, I think it was sort of a shit thing to say, but I think it also they all cuz you look at that pilot's face, you look at fucking what was what was uh um Cube's character's name? Uh Roken. When you looked at their faces and they realized, you know, I mean, they realized how intense their situation was before when he explains that, you know, you need to get Kenobi out of here. It's it's risking everything having him be here. And I think the realization on their faces now is that, you know, and and it's come across in Rebels, too. I mean, and, and Rogue One, where it's like 
how long can you just keep running this little underground situation before eventually it's going to get real? And, you know, this was that it's getting real moment. This is, you know, for the same thing Rebels did and Rogue One did, where you really see the birth of the rebellion and how they have to get their balls under them and make these strikes and make these things. It was that realization moment that it was like, yes, you've been smuggling Force-sensitive people and people out from under the Empire this whole time. Eventually, you and, you know, obviously they made the decision to come there and help them with the speeders. And, you know, this was the real moment for them. So I think even though it wasn't yeah. a dicky line for her to deliver, it was an important line to deliver that at some point you have to fight back. Yeah, and I definitely agree with you. It, it You know, it was insensitive, but it was the truth and, and probably what she needed it to hear. It was insensitive. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's pretty much the end of the episode. I'm trying to think if there's anything else we... Um, anything we missed or um, needed to bring up Alberto is there anything I know we kind of like talked about a lot there but from the tomb to uh, the purge troopers or anything else that you wanted to touch on nope figured so yeah I mean it'd be, it's going to be interesting to see where it goes because I don't quite know um you know, next, next week, I think, I think a lot has to happen. Um, because then there's only one more left after that. And I'm guessing the episode six or part six is going to be a big showdown between Vader and Kenobi that is gonna, I would imagine, take up a bulk of the episode. I mean, if you think about their showdown in Revenge of the Sith, what was that like 20 minutes of screen time, maybe? Maybe I'm yeah, misremembering, it's good, but it's a good chunk of the movie. Yeah, it's a good chunk for sure. So, you know, from this maybe from the scene when Obi Wan comes out of uh, Padme's ship until he, you know, he has the high ground and leaves Anakin, you know, fucking on death's door. Um, you know, maybe that. Um, that's probably about twenty minutes ish. So yeah. Um, but my guess is they're going to be tracking them, and I don't. I don't think we're going to Alderaan because that seems too like too convenient. Like, like oh, like why doesn't the Empire take out Alderaan sooner? You know, like <laughs> I don't think they're going to go back there too quick until they've dealt with something because right now the Empire is hot on their heels. If they go back to Alderaan. That opens up Bail Organa and his position on the fucking Senate open to scrutiny amongst the rest of the Imperial Senators, right? Because they have actively subverted fucking Imperial doctrine by having a fucking Jedi assist in escaping an Imperial facility. So it just doesn't logically make sense for them to go back so soon until they've dealt with Reva. Yeah. So, I mean, clearly they have the tracking. They're going to know where they are. Um, the interesting thing about um, some of the other stuff in this is, so Roken, uh, played by O'Shea, O'Shea Jackson Jr., um, he, they call, so it says he's affiliated with, with um, uh, let's see, the Anti-Imperial Network. Now, 
otherwise no it also is so, sort of listed under the path um so i mean this could have been one of the precursors to the rebel alliance or like one of these small um you know groups that eventually joins up with the bigger before he introduced himself part of me was in the back of my head going I was like is this young Saul Guerrero yeah um they probably would use I, I would imagine they probably would use Force Whitaker if you know with maybe de-age him or something if they did that but um but yeah so I mean he's kind of that kind of character I did like his story because you know Obi-Wan was like uh you don't know what the Empire is capable of and he's like yeah fuck I do <laughs> fuck I don't <laughs> yeah. nah, he was good and he did and he played his part well I mean he wasn't in there a shit ton but he was he delivered yeah. what he needed to deliver well with the expediency and urgency and you know intensity that you know somebody in that situation was where it's like yep. you know if you're been undercover fucking funneling through people in an underground railroad situation out of there having somebody linger around in that spot when they're already being hunted that's dangerous you can't you're disrupting yeah, a yeah. bigger project by having this one person there that one person needs to fucking leave yep and it does seem like this may you know because at this point the you know this this organization is trying to just get people to safety like that's sort of their main purpose but i feel like almost like obi-wan's sort of like role in this has maybe going to te- teach them to fight back you know so it almost feels like maybe obi-wan like had a little bit of a spark to have these organizations fight back i'm not saying he's responsible for the rebel alliance but um you know, like it could have um, motivated some of these organizations or these people to sort of like start to fight back a little bit, you know, yeah. which is kind of the role he played when we first meet Saul in the Clone Wars. You know, it was yeah. him. They were already going to be doing something anyway. Then you might as well fucking train them to handle it if it goes sideways on you. Mm-hmm. So this is why, once again, I really hope Quinlan fucking would show up because I think that would be a good Jedi to sort of obi-wan to pass that off to is like if quinlan's already passed through here with refugees several times anyway and they know him yeah you know obi-wan still got to protect luke on tatooine so he can't stay around and train people but if they give us somebody who can you know at least for a couple of seconds that can do that would be a nice touch again they don't have to but it would just be a nice touch now did they they mentioned uh a planet in this that I was wondering if you um, understood the ramifications they named, they called out Florum. Do you remember what Florum is? I know the name, but I don't know the reference. Hondo Naka. That's his, his, that's where his base of operations was. Ooh, what if they go there and we get Hondo? (gasps) Right. So that's where, Oh my God. Well, that's so. That's where um, Tala says the the path is. Basically, she says it's on Florum. Or no, no, no I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She says Obi Wan is on Florum. So that's where the path is. Obi Wan's on Florum. But oh, the thing good. is, they know where Obi Wan is now because they have the tracker. But I just I wonder if they just name drop Florum or if that's going to be something that comes up. That sounds like just a name drop. 
Yeah, but probably I've is. been wrong before. I never know. Like with with Star Wars and Marvel right now, I fucking all bets are off. As I say, man, I I never know what they're gonna fucking do. <laughs> they keep surprising me. So. Yeah. Um. So I wanted to call that out. I'm trying to think if there's any other um call outs in this. I think we covered a pretty good amount of them. We've covered a lot, and it's late. Yep. So let's get to some news and get the fuck out of here because uh, Rocky needs some more painkillers. And this edible's finally kicking in. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that's it. We do have some voice messages though, so I want to um make sure we get to those. Let's see. We just actually we got another one about an hour ago. So we have three. That was Alberto fucking with us when he got disconnected. <laughs> He's going to tell us to go fuck ourselves and butt goodbye forever. Well, it's someone who will probably go tell, tell us to fuck ourselves. Um, so let's, uh, yeah, let's start there then. Uh, let's go to some voice messages. And uh, speaking of uh, GFY, let's listen to Darth Corny. Hey, guys, I really like this week's episode of um, Obi-Wan Kenobi. I, at one point, I thought Reva might have been a redeemable character, but I think she's all in evil. Um, she was pretty much fixing to interrogate Princess Leia. Um, really don't, she really don't give a fuck to where the only reason why Leia in the position she's in is because she had her kidnapped. And I don't know, it's a whole, to me, it's a real fucked up situation. Um, but I thought, uh, you McGregor kicked ass as Obi-Wan and it was like, Real nice action with the speeder bikes and I mean not speeder bikes, but, um, speeders, air speeders and everything. I thought that was real cool. Um, well, you all have a good one, Darth Corny out. Hey Rocky, I hope you get better. Um, I heard you told me about some things that's going on with you, but um, I, after you feel better, I hope you can go fuck yourself <laughs> later. <laughs> Heal up, see. So wow. Go that's you know, heavy. like have some some nice uh, words for you, and then just a GFY, man. Jeez. Hey, you know what? At least he hopes I get better before I attempt that again. Because sucking my own dick is why I got broke ribs now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yoga's bullshit. <laughs> Thanks, Corny. Yeah. I, I know the love is behind there, so I'm not gonna give you shit. But yeah, I'm glad he enjoyed it, and it seems like he gleaned the same things we gleaned. So that's cool. <laughs> all right let's check in now uh with uh tim chuma tim from melbourne fuck rocky um tim from melbourne here again i um, saw the this is uh you'll be getting playing this on the episode four but i've seen the episode three now yeah i liked it uh didn't expect some of the things in that and yeah to have them to have them have uh, the fight of first fighting so early um, yeah with the S- Star Wars they a lot of people do complain about it but you still have to remember that it is a commercial product and that they want to make money off it so it's not like something like um, Journey to the West which is the Chinese version of the Star Wars which is 400 years old which also leads to it being because it's in not in copyright it's public domain they can make two competing Journey to the West movies at once so they had to have one point they had two hundred million dollar movies competing against each other and they rebooted every couple of years so if you think 
there's too much Star Wars. There's definitely too much Journey to the West. Um, there's a lot of people really hate the the reboots and stuff as well. Um, there was a 70s version from Japan. Um, that was redubbed for funnier jokes. It was, came out in England and Australia. That's a lot of people's favourite. Um, but that's the same thing. With, with the, there used to be only the three Star Wars movies, and now we've got Star Wars comics, books, TV shows. There, there's just more and more Star Wars. Uh, so it's not they. Even Disney themselves learned that they tried to do the three movies again, and it didn't work. It was too much to put in the last movie just to have it to have three movies. It, yeah, so it is better going forward to have more outlets for Star Wars. They can explore more stories, have more characters. Even the comics, even even if you don't read those, you can just go. And they Dinga have his own comic. So Dinga, the you just see him in one scene in the. Empire Strikes Back and he's got his own comic as part of the Bounty Hunters line now. Alright, thank you. Bye. Alright, Tim. Always good to hear from you. And did he lead off with Fuck Rocky? Yeah, he did. <laughs> I guess that's... <laughs> Worldwide sensation for me to go fuck myself, apparently. Well, you know, when someone when one person says it, everyone else uh, joins in. So there you go. But you know what, Tim? Here's the thing: is they've always said that fucking Star Wars worked would have worked best as a TV series because it's serialized. And I think, we're, like you said, they tried to cram too much in the films and remaking three movies, and they're doing such a better job by giving us these series where they can tell a more in-depth story. Yeah. So, and you know what? For me, for better or for worse, I've never got a problem with more Star Wars. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's why we do it, I guess, right? <laughs> I want to bathe in it, and I want to see all the Skywalker nipples. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I do think Alberto has given me a new fetish. I have to go see more Star Wars nipples. Oh, my God. Fuck. It's <laughs> fucked up. Oh, you know what? I, I think, I, as a matter of fact, keep keep going with the voicemails. I'm just going to send something to our chat here. Oh, Wait. boy. <laughs> All right, we have one more voice message. Uh, let's see. All right, let's hear from Joshua Libre. Yo, what up, Force Insensitive? Um, I'm not going to be able to watch the Obi-Wan uh, episode this week in time for the show. I think I'll be watching it as you guys are recording. Uh, but I just want to leave, leave some feedback, uh, from last week's, uh, podcast. Um, and, uh, I know you guys were talking about how, um, uh, or discussing how American graffiti was not as big of a deal here in America when it came out, but, you know, I could have sworn it was like pretty popular and like a pretty big deal when it came out you know so i had i just had to double check you know uh and i was checking the stats and um you know it was says it was the third highest grossing movie in america for the year it came out i think it says number one was exorcist the sting and then number three was american graffiti um and i guess it says it made over like a hundred million dollars back in 1970s money um, and, uh, for what it's worth, I don't know if these mean anything, you know, but like, 
you know, at the time, it, you know, it was nominated for Best Picture, uh, Best Screenplay, uh, and George Lucas was nominated for Best Director, um, you know, which is kind of crazy for um, that type of movie to, um, you know, to get the, those types of uh, of uh, recognitions, even though it's it's just nominations, not wins or whatever, you know. But, um, but yeah, I, I mean... And I guess it's it's gotten more popular as the years have gone by, um, but uh, but yeah, interesting uh, little fun facts from American Graffiti. Um, <laughs> and um, the the other thing I wanted to comment on, I I think you guys are probably tired of talking about this, but the this debate about knowing that a character dies, you know, and and losing interest, or you know, or not being that great of a thing um you know i think uh there was a hypothetical example of indiana jones uh of raiders of the lost ark if it had started with a shot of the the tombstone you know saying you know here lies uh henry jones jr you know um and the first thing that popped into my head was like i think that's kind of how the opening of of Lawrence of Arabia starts. I think uh, it literally opened with like, I think uh, it's uh, T.E. Lawrence's, I think it's his funeral or, or I think Peter O'Toole crashes his motorcycle and then they cut to the, to like his funeral. (laughs) And that is literally the opening scene of, of, of Lawrence of Arabia. Um, And I was trying to think of what other movies start with the main character dying in, in the beginning. And the only one other two that I could think of were um, Carlito's Way with Al Pacino. I think Al Pacino gets shot like as the opening credits are rolling. Um, and the other one was uh, Citizen Kane, uh, you know, with uh, Orson Welles, you know, saying his last or his characters, you know, saying his final dying word and then he dies. And that's the beginning of the movie. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's always, it's, it's interesting when it doesn't happen a lot, but it is interesting when that happens, uh, you know, it's uh, as a kind of a tone setter for a movie, but, um, I don't know if it just pertains to action movies or, or just any movie, but, um, I don't know. I think it's an interesting, um, decision, you know, creatively, uh, that, you know, people make sometimes, but, uh, but anyways, yeah, those, those were my thoughts on that. Um. And the, I did want to ask you guys, um, I don't think you guys mentioned it last week, um, but just wanted to get you guys' thoughts on, um, Obi-Wan Kenobi having a brother. Like to me, that was kind of like, kind of like a, what the fuck moment, you know, watching the show and a what the fuck moment in a good way. You know, I thought I was like, oh, there's, you know, um, a future spinoff or something, you know? Uh, but I don't know. I thought that, that, I don't know that totally surprised me i don't don't know if i don't think you guys mentioned it last week but yeah i just wanted to get your your quick thoughts on on uh obi-wan having a brother and if if that's a big deal or or no big deal or you know uh but yeah uh that's all i got thank you guys for the time uh as always enjoying the show enjoying the podcast uh keep them coming uh talk to you guys later bye all right joshua libre thanks man and uh Looks like he schooled us on uh, American Graffiti. <laughs> you, he did. Yeah. I like the fact that he let off with two fuck yous to Mars. Um, <laughs> I know, right? Wasn't even here. But uh, yeah, American Graffiti was huge, man. I don't even know where the hell Mars was coming at that from. But uh, 
anyway and then yeah with the whole there are movies that have started with the tombstone what's the most recent one the fucking in the title is what is it somebody dies at the end that's the name of the title of the movie was oh john dies at the end yeah yeah yeah. yeah. so (laughs) you know I, i i i never got that but that is his thing and that's cool but yeah i'm with you josh um the brother thing yeah that was I thought we brought it up, but I guess we didn't. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't actually remember if we did. I mean, you're taken away from your family when you join the Jedi Order. So, I mean, you know. Yeah. Vaguely remembers having a brother as a child. So It's one of those things where it could just be adding it for sort of like a narrative effect. Like, you know, to show that he was taken from his family at a very early age and he doesn't really remember his family or you know, like, but he remembers he has a brother, but who, who fucking knows like what he's doing now, right. you know, whereas if you think about Luke or Anakin, the other two that we've focused on in the other, you know, in the other trilogies, or I guess even Ray, um, they all started when they're older, you know, like they're, they have very non-traditional paths as Jedi, whereas it was common for them to basically take you away from your family so that you wouldn't have any connections. You wouldn't have any emotional connections. And, you know, and that's how, um, you know, sexy Sidious Papa Palpy um, manipulated Anakin was, you know, he sort of in a way probably manipulated it so that he would, him and Padme would be a thing. And, um, you know, and then he would get emotionally connected to someone, have a loss, and that would help him turn to the dark side, you know? So, um, you know, they show why the sort of, you know, no attachment method is the way that Jedi did it for years, you know? And I think that they were mostly just trying to highlight that. That was my impression, but I don't know. What Do you have a different take on a rock or... No, that's pretty much what I thought. It was just him sort of trying to rationalize that he never had those family attachments. I think also in the scene in which it came up, because he's talking to Leia when he brings it up, I think. Yeah. And uh, I think it's sort of his way of relating the fact that really the only family he's ever really known has been the other Jedi. And, you know, her dad is one of the last remaining people that he consider a close friend. And that's really all you ever had as a Jedi because he doesn't have any remembrance of his, you know, childhood yeah. either. So I think it was just more of just giving a texture to him. That yeah. We didn't have before. I, that's what I think too. I, I don't think it's going to be something like, I don't think we're going to see, you know, like, like Joey Kenobi, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> ow, ow, fuck you. <laughs> ow. Fuck that hurts, Joey Kenobi. <laughs> the Joey Kenobi Chronicles. Yeah, the Adventures of Joey Kenobi. Joey, <laughs> Joey, Kenobi. Joey Kenobi. He just he just shows up at the end. Fucking Obi Wan defeats fucking Reva. He just shows up. He's like, "How you doing? How you doing, bro? <laughs> how you jo- doing? It's Joey. <laughs> Joey, how you doing? Joey Kenobi. <laughs> hey, I'm fucking force wielding over here." <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't make me laugh. Fuck. You do to yourself. I know it hurts. Uh, fuck. <laughs> fucking, I'm Joey, Joey. Kenobi. Hey, look, come down to fucking Joey Kenobi. Come down to Joey Kenobi's fucking galactic boobs. That's the name of the no, fucking Joey. Joey ba- I'm not gonna... No, Joey bag of nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Ow! Ow! 
Fuck you. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, god damn it. Oh, fucking hurts. Joey back in nipples. Oh, my god. Oh, fuck. Oh, fucking God damn it. Oh, god. Sorry. It's fucking. Fuck you. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Uh, you know, I'm not even going to wait anymore. I'm going to take some more time and all. Oh, <laughs> Joey, bagging nipples. <laughs> damn it. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> oh, oh. oh, forget about it. That's what happened to that's what happened to Owe with didn't you have a brother? No, forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Oh god. Oh man. All right. <laughs> so yeah, I don't I don't think you know, my first thought when they when when that first happened, I was like I was like you know, because at the time I don't think Leia knew that he was like hadn't heard Obi Wan and Ben. So like I was thinking like like it like is there another Kenobi who's a Jedi? I'm like, no, there couldn't be. Like, that's just fucking, you know, like that's, that's too much. Like he's our, he's our only Kenobi. There is another. <laughs> there is another, um, man. Yeah. <laughs> Joey fucking bag of nipples. Kenobi. Stop. <laughs> Joey bag of nipples. He's not, he's not even Kenobi anymore. He fucking dropped the Kenobi altogether. He's just Joey Bag of Nipples. All spelled as one word. He runs a fucking brothel somewhere on Narshada. Like low rent fucking. Is that the name of it? The, ba- the Bag of Nipples? <laughs> it's, 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 oh, 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 gosh. There's this, like fucking, you don't see it, but there's this little neon bada bing sign. Fucking. <laughs> down the street in that city. What was the name of that city planet in the second episode? Oh, Dayu. Dayu. Fucking, they only have like fucking prostitutes with fucking bad cybernetics. <laughs> yeah. Like fucking weird Rodian hookers with hook hands and shit. Oh, Jesus. Alright, so that's it for voice messages. Uh, appreciate all you guys calling in. Um, we'll do some quick news. I'll just look through real quick. We'll do what we did last week and just kind of, um, do headlines. I'm not going to get into the, the weeds yeah, with this. Over. Cause Alberto always already wants to kill people. So he up. probably is killing people right now. Literally he's on, he's muted. He's just killing people. <laughs> he's stabbing people with nipples. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, apparently John Kasdan believes solo follow-ups will happen. And he says John Favreau is the person to do it. Hmm. Okay. I I would love to see more in the solo universe. I know people like to gripe and whine and bitch about fucking that movie, but I, I the more I watch it, the more I love it. I'd love to see more set in that universe. Yeah, I I mean we'll, we'll eventually get it. You know, it's it's just uh. Well, the Lando thing's coming, so at least the Lando tip we know is going to happen. Just the tip. Just the tip. Just the issue tip? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the name of the strip bar, the issue tip. <laughs> the issue tip. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Tamora Morrison says he, that he wishes he did some things a little bit different in the Book of Boba Fett. 
Uh, I'm not sure what. What? Yeah. Uh, he, well, let me read this real quick. He just says, feeling love from all the fans, feeling that we've done something good, and the reaction I've been getting from the fans is overwhelming. I'm very proud and just grateful for the wonderful opportunity to play Boba Fett in the book of Boba Fett. To work with Ming-Na, we had a wonderful chemistry. It was so easy to work with her. She had been my confidant and was really a duo effort. When I was short on information, we had a wonderful crew around us. I had plenty of people to draw on, and even that was a journey for Boba, where we'd found him and where we were taking him, blah, 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 blah. He says, now that I'm looking back at it, I don't know. It's just one of those things. Things are great when you look back, but there are some things I may have done a little bit different. But again, just for me to work with John and be part of the Mandalorian family has been quite phenomenal, really. So he doesn't really, I mean, it's really the same Well, he did, say, he did say early on that he thought they Boba talked too much. He he said that very early on yeah. when the ship first started thing. That was his only gripe was so I think that's probably what he's referring to. But yeah, I, that show's not terrible. Does it have some quirky things that we they all do? Yep. We've brought this up a million times. They all have quirky things that are kind of clunky or, or or awkward. But overall, Book of Boba Fett wasn't bad. And again. The people who look through the rose-colored glasses of their childhood revelry of what they think those shows are miss the fact that the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy, and the sequel trilogy all have problems. But we're all here because we love it. Just fucking enjoy it for what it is. It's science fiction, space wizards, and fucking and space cowboys. Fucking get over it. Turn the channel if you don't like it. All right, what else we got here? Uh, so reports suggest Taika Waititi's Star Wars movie will film in L.A. Lucasfilm is still aiming for a December 2023 release. By the way, you gave us that information about our fucking uh, New Zealand boost in listeners. Yep. And I hope it's purely because we fucking love Taika Waititi because we've got we've got a season two of our flag means death and fucking what we do in the shadows has been renewed through season six. So fuck you guys. And we've got Thor love and thunder coming. And I, the more Taika, the better is all I got to say. So I love you, New Zealand. I don't give a fuck. Who are you saying? Fuck you too. New Zealand. Any, anybody who fucking bitches and gripes about fucking Taika. I, have seen I don't think anyone's say, doing that. I have seen some people say some shitty things about Taika, and fuck those people. Yeah, fuck them. Uh, let's see here. The Bad Batch Season 2 will debut on September 28th on Disney+. Plus. Real quick, when does, when does Tales of the Jedi? Because I was looking at that again, and I think we're going to have a hard time reviewing. Because oh, my I God, think yeah. Jedi fucking is going to run sort of over the same period of time as Bad Batch. Let me see. I'm actually going to look. Um, let's see if I can find a list here. That's uh, not what I'm looking for. Well, while you're looking, I'm going to bring up the fact that we just saw fucking the Inquisitorious. And at the end of Bad Batch Season 1, we saw fucking what's the mountain facility where Saboth resided. Um it is not out of the realm of possibility. If they just did what they did with the Inquisitors and Thrawn's already in play, I got the feeling we're going to see some of that fucking extended Thrawn universe get spread in the Bad Batch, and I got high hopes for that in Season 2. 
Yeah, I'm trying to find, like, you would think that there would be, like, an easy-to-find. They announced it. Oh, here, here we go. This might be it. Let's see. This was just put out, like, a couple weeks ago. So I don't know if this has... Yeah, this isn't what I'm looking for. I'll I'll keep looking. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm a little concerned about that too because uh, <laughs> having overlap is gonna like get weird. Get weird, yeah. What we might I would want to stay current with the live action and then maybe bank up some some uh, animated if we need to. Yeah, I would say that too. But I, these are both two animated shows that are going to be running simultaneously because the Tales of the Jedi is animated as well. Yep. We might have to pick a lane and do all of one and then do the other at another point. So we might have to pick which one we want to focus on because that'll get really hard to deal with. Uh, let's see. Star Wars shows. Alright, this may be it. This was just update well, this was updated like two weeks ago, so I don't know if it will have everything. Um, okay, so Andor debuts August thirty first. Yeah, this thing just says Tales of the Jedi Fall, Star Wars Bad Batch Fall, so it's not updated. Fuck all y'all. We'll figure it out. We got to get to Andor. That's all that matters at this point. Finish up Obi-Wan. Get to Andor. What do we have in between Obi-Wan's finish and Andor? That's a bigger question. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a really good question. I wish some of the animated stuff was ready because that would have been perfect, right? To... Yeah, made over. Anyway, we'll find out as we go. But yes, thank you, New Zealand. <laughs> all right, so actually, this this maybe what I'm looking for. Oh, it just says live action. Okay, fuck this. <laughs> we'll figure it out and we'll talk about it's it. Already, it's already late. Let's go. All right. Um, killers and rests I need to have. <laughs> uh, what else we have? Uh, okay, the Mandalorian star Emily Swallow confirms the armorer will have a larger presence in season three. I'm not sure why she's confirming that, but okay. <laughs> there was a nice picture of fucking uh, Pedro Pascal and, um, oh God, what's her name that plays Bo-Katan? Um, Katie Sackhoff. Katie Sackhoff. There was just a picture of those two together saying season three coming. It kind of made me smile. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, okay. My Bo-Katan helmet arrived, by the way. I think I. Oh yeah, yeah. I've seen the. I saw the pictures. It looks fucking awesome. It's really good. And they just announced today, Sabine Wren helmet. It's being done through Black Series. Nice. That's pretty awesome. From season two of Rebels, is that design? Oh, okay, cool. That's awesome. Don't know if I'm going to be able to afford to get that one too, but uh, it's definitely very pretty. All right, last bit of news. Um, let's see. Yeah, it's just kind of like explanations about certain things that I'm seeing. Nothing like 
Um, okay, the Mandalorian cast calls season three dark and tumultuous. Pedro Pascal says it's even better than season two. I have high hopes. All right. Reclaiming um, Mandalore. Yeah, it's it. Yeah, I can't wait. It's gonna be awesome. Um, Star right. Wars rumors: the acolyte will canonize Sith lore from Legends. A well-known planet will make its live-action debut. Korriban, bitch. That probably. It's coming. Yep. Yep, that's where all the fucking temples of Exar Kun and fucking everybody's t- tomb is on Korriban. So they got to do that shit. Yeah, that would have to be it. Uh, that's all I got. You guys see anything this week that uh, excites you? Well, <laughs> in Star Wars news. Star Wars nipples. <laughs> that excited me. Thanks, Alberto. Oh, shit. Even though you hate me, I love you. So there you go. <laughs> Fuck you! Wow. After after you after you say you love me, you can fuck me. Foo fighters. <laughs> Foo fighters. I don't know. Why I just thought of that. <laughs> someone it in your head. someone said something that reminded me of uh, Christopher Walken. Somebody asked me to do. Um, I do several Foo songs at gigs a lot. Yeah. And somebody asked me to do one, and my chest hurt so bad I had to tell them no. So I just lit into the fucking, I would like to play some Foo Fighters, but I can't. Foo Fighters. So we just got people laughing and they forgot about the fact that I was unable to perform that song because it takes a lot of breath and it hurts. (laughs) Uh, So that's it. Um, Next week, uh, we'll obviously be talking about the penultimate episode. That'll be uh, part five. Um, Who knows? Crazy shit could happen. Nothing at all could happen. Could be another filler just for you, Alberto. Yeah. <laughs> Quinlan Voss is going to show up and fucking wax fucking the, the, the lesser known Inquisitor's ass. All right. Um, that's it, man. That's it, guys. All right. So, um, Rocky, I have a question for you. Um, Oh, God. How many uh, nipples are in uh, Joey Bag of Nipples' bag of nipples? Well, let's see. One, (laughs) two, (laughs) three. (laughs) (laughs) There's a callback for all you ancient motherfuckers. Yeah. All right, well, that's going to do it. So uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in. How many licks does it take to get to the center of a Joey bag of nipples? (laughs) How many licks does it take to get to the center of an amber fucking encrusted Jedi? Ugh, that's the worst (laughs) popsicle ever. (laughs) That's like kissing Mars. Ugh, his butthole. Just tastes just tastes like yellow and death. <laughs> tastes like jaundice. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck you, it hurts. Alright, that's <laughs> it. Say bye everyone. <laughs> to this day I turn I've turned everybody on to it, but I used to, I was one of those motherfuckers that would dip my fries in a frosty. Oh fuck, it was so good. Oh god, what? God, it was so good. Oh yeah, dude. Dip your fries in a frosty, man. Holy shit, is it good? Why is that good? Chocolate and it's, potatoes? It's it's this salty sweet thing. You're a fucking weirdo. <laughs>